Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. But today, we're talking NWA Saturday Night on TBS from June the 10th, 1989. Uh, we are moving right along into June. We got some really good things happening on this week's episode, I think, regarding Misty and Muda. Hopefully, by the time we get there, Hopper will have joined us because he is running late, even though he told us he'd be ready at a certain time. But hell, what's new? Doc, let me welcome you in. How are you doing? Living a dream or what? I'm feeling better than Dak's ankle, buddy. Well, that was pretty nasty. Yeah, it's always great when your uh, quarterback goes down with a season-ending injury. That's just fucking fantastic, isn't it? Well, last time it happened with Tony Romo in the preseason, y'all ended up going 13-3, and and you got yeah, the number but... one seed in the playoffs, and then you lost uh, to Aaron Rodgers in the uh, divisional round. So maybe you maybe that... we'll get a repeat of that. You think Howdy Doody is the new Dak? Come on, bro. <laughs> Well, rally around Andy Dalton. Let's see what happens. All right. Well, um, you said Muda and Misty, which Missy. is kind of a, yeah, but you said Muda. Misty, which <laughs> we'll get to that too. Um, we need Harper yeah, for that. We, well, we do need Harper, and I, I'm doing pretty good, bro. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I've said it. You know, it stinks to lose your quarterback, but some football is better than no football. Amen to that. Uh, I'll even take uh, LSU doing jobs this year uh, if it means oh, I get football man. or no football. I lost my quarterback and you lost your team. What the hell? Well, I mean, everybody's trying to say they need Joe, Joe Burrow back. And I'm like, dude, Joe Burrow doesn't play defense. They, they, they In the games they lost, they scored 30-plus and 40-plus. Uh, that ain't a fucking quarterback problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know people didn't tune in to listen about football, but it, it it's the only current thing that we watch right now. So that's all we got to talk about in terms of current events. Um, shit, that's all I got, man. Let's. I I feel like we got a a, a some a lot to talk about. I, I'm nervous though, because I'm afraid to get too far into this because we really do need Harper at some point, and nobody's heard from him. I don't want to get past the point where we need him and he ain't here. But as we've all learned, you could spend all night waiting on our buddy Harper. Which we did one time when he disappeared and said he fell asleep because he was day drinking. By the way, we were worried about his well-being and he got too day drunk to perform. Absolutely. By the way, uh, he just texted me. I'm pooing. And I responded, okay, let me know when you're on. So... 
There's Jesus. a superstar. Can you imagine with his diet and just terrible habits, just the growler that's coming out sideways down his large intestine? I don't. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Actually, Christopher. Do you remember the Patreon episode we did um, on uh, worst places, worst places to drop a deuce? Well, no, but the answer is anywhere that's not your house. Well, um, that's you've said that before on this show many times. But we did an entire episode on that, and Hopper's places were phenomenal. It's a, it's on Patreon. If you're that's the type of filth you're missing if you're not a Patreon member. It's tinyurl.com/slash/patreonbtt. By the way. Uh, before we get going, and as we're waiting on Hopper, shout out to our largest page contributors monthly. Disrespectfully, Classy, Marky, Blassie, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry, Joe Ice. Thank you so much for your generous support. And then I got some more uh, either new Patreon shout outs or bump ups. Uh, we did gain a couple this week. Thank you know this pandemic kind of chipping away at our members, but uh, we got some new ones. So uh, someone named Sean, no last name, new Patreon member. Thanks for signing up, Sean. Enjoy those world-class shows uh, and the other shenanigans on the Patreon feed. John Foster, new Patreon member as well. Thank you for joining and signing up. Enjoy all that extra content. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, he's been a Patreon member for a while. Dustin, I say Hoffman, it's Huffman, I'm sorry. Dustin bumped up and is now a BTT Hall of Fame Patreon member, so thank you very much. And then a longtime Patreon member, Joe Moon, a longtime patron. He decided to move up to the BTT annual option, saving him 10% for the year by doing so. So remember, on Patreon, you can now sign up for a full year. You don't have to go month to month. And when you go for a full year, not only are you guaranteed getting those shows for a full year, but you're going to save 10%, which equates to one month free of membership over a 12-year span. So thank you all for signing up. That's tinyurl.com slash BTT. Remember, Doc and I, uh, we've got a clash coming up in the next week. So uh, we're recording that in a couple days from now. So it is the next clash is coming up. And that clash will feature Funk versus Steamboat. And there's a bunch of other stuff on that clash that is uh, very I watched. I finished it last night. I got to tell you, I'm excited about talking about this. I'm not excited about the fact that you said we have to start at 6.15 on a, on a, in the morning on our day off. But uh, we're, and that's a shoot. Everybody's going, ah, he's working. That's bullshit. No, that's what we're doing. So whatever y'all think that it's just teeth and gums and getting wasted on at BTT, we're starting at 6.15 on our day off in the a.m. So um, you said you're excited about it, though. You're looking forward to this clash based on what you've seen so far? Oh, based yeah, on what you I, watched, I, I finished it, and I'm I'm ready to talk about it. Um, there's some good things, and there's some things I think they missed out on, but um, it's certainly better than some of the other clashes we've covered. Oh yeah, there's been a couple of I don't want to say duds, but some clashes that were like, eh. But th- this clash, there's some there's some really good stuff in this. Some um, don't get me wrong, there's there's some stuff you just like, what the hell am I watching? But it's it's NWA 89 and sometimes you just shake your head and other times you go whoa that's how you do it and I think that's what's going to happen what you'll see here and to get that again tinyurl.com slash patreon btt that's tinyurl.com slash patreon btt I am definitely looking forward to that okay uh doc how about you um I know you got some spotlights so Harper should be joining us shortly what are your spotlights I got a couple. So the first one is 
Um, I want to shout out uh, one of my biggest fans, um, one of the one of the key the you know the inaugural members of the of the Docaholic group. Um, my main man, Mexican Chris Cepeda. Is that how you say his name? Peter. Peter. Okay. Yes, yeah, Peter. Um, I heard he recently had the Rona. Yeah, the Rona, and he beat it. As he posted he on our it. Facebook group, that's well, the you know, there's, we're a, there's a cure now, right? Did he get it? Keep going. Uh, Mike's mad now. So anyway, you, you shout can't out. take anything serious. You can't just say, "Hey, man, good job, you beat it." Um, well, no, good Chris, job, you I beat can, it. Yeah. I mean, he said it was rough, and and you know, I'm trying not to get that shit because I heard it's rough. Wear your mask. Protect your neck. Don't, 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 don't eat buttholes like Aubrey. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> if you, you don't take off your mask to snack an ass, you know? That's what Aubrey does. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, I took off my mask to snack on an ass. <laughs> God. Uh... The, the other spotlight here. We might all want to take a bath after this one. Okay. We might all we might all have to like take a knee, call a timeout, and go take showers, and then come back and finish the show. Um, I think we're gonna go to. I think this is Saint Tammany Parish for the for the Reverend Travis Clark. Now, if we're saying the word parish, you know that means we're in Louisiana. And uh, so um, this made national news, but basically um, our good Rev here was using the church altar to film orgies. I mean, is that how would you say it? Well, this was on NOLA.com for anyone who wants to know. And the title of the article is... Priest recorded having group sex on altar of Pearl River Church. Police say three arrested. Now, let me give the punchline of this thing. That way you'll all be interested in this. Well, I heard that I heard that you were one of the three and you've been in this church. Is that right? Well, I wasn't one of the three arrested, but I'll just go ahead and say it. This isn't a work. Uh, I had to look it up before our friend Jamie and Father James Mitchell, the sinister minister, they posted this in the Facebook group a little bit, uh, a day or two after this happened. So yes, the sinister minister, Darrell Van Horn, yeah, he, he posted this in, in, uh, and I won't say Jamie's last name. Um, I don't know if he wants me to, but they posted this in the Facebook group. Anyway, um, this church that this happened at, it's not a work. My father's funeral services were at this church in 2008. Was Travis the preach preacher? No, I, I this guy, I read the article in this um, Travis Clark. Uh, he had just joined or he had just been moved to this church in 2019. 2019. Now, so he rolled in straight up and um, an onlooker saw the half naked pastor having sex with two women on the altar. And yes. it says here the women were dressed in corsets and high high heeled boots, and there were sex toys and stage <laughs> lightings. Bert was like had Jackie Crockett in there filming it. Jesus. So and this then, is the 
This is the Catholic Church, correct? Look, I'm not trying to get into any anything real. I'm just reading no. an article, all right? I'm not trying to get uh-huh. into scandals and all that stuff, all right? We'll leave that to the listeners well, to describe. Well, here, here's the I'm thing. I'm just telling not, you what happened at the church. We're not trying to throw any any business down over to the NOLA, but you owe it to yourself to go look up this, this article because they got pictures of the two broads that were involved. And when I say broads, that's being generous. Um... Bro, we got one of these chicks, Mindy. She's 41. Um, she posted on a social media account that she was on her way into New Orleans, the New Orleans area, to, to, to meet another dominatrix and defile a house of God. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on, bro. Seriously? And this chick looks, she's got those eyebrows that look like, you know, she got scared and then they tattooed them on. And she's got that bur- she's got that burlesque haircut with the short bangs and the long hair. She's a she's a real piece of trash. And and she God, I mean, not even with Mike's dick. God, this is she is she looks like the 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 top rat at the muddiest mud show outlaw bullshit backyard get bukakied. Just yuck. Let me, and the let other just... ones and the other one's worse. Let me let me let me let me just read a snippet of this because it's a long article. I don't want to read the whole thing, but it says the lights inside St. Peter, St. Peter and Paul Roman Catholic Church in Pearl River This is in Pearl River, Louisiana. Uh, my dad lived there probably the last um, I don't know, 10 years of his life. Uh, we're on later than usual on September 30th. And by the way, this 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 is probably about 45 minutes from New Orleans or so. Um, the, the lights. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, a passerby stopped. To take a look. Peering inside, the onlooker saw the small parish's pastor, half-naked, having sex with two women on the altar, according to court documents. The women, who were dressed in corsets and high-heeled as high-heeled boots, as Doc said. There were sex toys and stage lighting, a mobile phone, as well as a separate camera mounted on tripods recording it all. The eyewitness took a video, and call- so this guy videoed it from outside and called the Pearl River police, who arrived at the church and viewed that recording. Officers then arrested the Reverend Travis Clark, uh, pastor of the church uh, since 2019. Harper is on. We, we're going we to hold on one second. I'm going to bring him into this because I'm sure he's got some. Well, while you're bringing thoughts. him in, it says that he had been named the chaplain of a high school in Slidell in addition to his duties. And at the high school, he succeeded another guy who had resigned because of inappropriate text messages sent to a student. Yeah, there's there's some uh, there's just some craziness going on. Hopper, uh, I'll fill you in. I know you're here. We um, I'm reading uh, something about the, 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 the priest that uh, had the dominatrix in Pearl River. And yeah. OK, so let me keep going. You know, my dad's funeral services were there. So it says that's nice. Typical. <laughs> Typical. New details, however, have emerged in court filings that paint a lurid picture of a priest recording himself engaged in sexual role play while desecrating a sacred place within the church. And that's when Doc says it went on to these two women who did this. Now, the best part about this is Pearl Rivers Church's altar was removed and burned after the priest and dominatrix allegedly had sex on it. So can they, you uh, can you can you imagine the panty crickets that flew out of there as the fire started raging. Jeez. Yeah. 
Bro, they, they fucking look like shit too. They look like shit. They are they are sponges for jizz. That's yeah, all they, they are. Oh they, God! Bro, I'm being... Come on, grow I up! Thought, I, right before you joined, I said that one chick has that burlesque, tattooed on, scared eyebrows, yes. and looks and looks like the worst rat at the backyard wrestling. And she's ten times better than the other one. Yeah, they they fucking look look fucking horrible. <laughs> so but but would you do it harper no okay. no i believe him on that he's not oh i think we all believe it i mean he's got standards that that that's below his standard they look like shit dude they look terrible they look yeah. like the they look like the kind of broads that would go down to the local parish and tag team the minister they don't look like it's like a sexual fantasy which is what porn is is supposed to be the, they, this looks crack and methamphetamine infused. Yeah. So let me read this one more thing. It says, in the Roman Catholic tradition, the altar is among the most sacred of church spaces, serving as the focal point of the mass and the place where a priest consecrates the Eucharist during the sacrament of Holy Communion. According to church law, known as canon law, when sacred places are violated, they must be repaired by penitential rite before they can be used again at the mass well they burned this sucker they torched it and so that got me to thinking i'm pretty sure that was the same altar that sat behind my dad's coffin uh 12 years ago when he passed away i am yeah probably just, was yeah. yeah um so anyway we he had was, to read it go ahead it's from pearl river no, no, my dad was from New Orleans, but he, he lived a good portion of his life, his adult life, in Slidell after uh, the age of 30. And then um, he lived in Pearl River his last uh, about 10 years. I can't remember exactly when he moved to Pearl River, but Slidell and Pearl out, River are not far from each other. Did he hang out with Ahmed Johnson? No. What? Yeah. No. No, he didn't. But I think it was James yeah, Mitchell did. on the Facebook Your group. Your some... probably is Ahmed Johnson. Somebody in the Facebook group said, uh, uh, so they were doing the Pearl River Plunge. There you go. I don't know what's wrong with you Louisianians. This is all disgusting. I, 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 I got no comment on this. this yeah, I, the, story, the story says, the story writes itself, and I'll leave it at that, okay? Bruh, bruh, I'm going to send you a picture of Ahmed Johnson these days. No. Bruh, I'll, like all seriousness... I think for the Catholic Church to to survive in, in the long run, I mean they're gonna have to allow priests to get fucking married, bro. <laughs> I mean they're gonna have to let them fuck. Okay. <laughs> I mean, That's a I good think Catholic the, boy for already. I think they're already fucking. It's just they're fucking the wrong people. Yeah, oh, they're fucking like on the DL. It's like yeah. when you're like on a diet, and you're like, "Yeah, man, I'm doing great." I'm dying. like when you quit smoking, but you still smoke one. You still like sneak one. You ever, you ever heard somebody who cleans up and says, "Yeah, I'm sober," and then they light up a joint? Yeah, I don't get high anymore. Okay, okay, let's let's move past the church talk. All right, all right. Uh, so, um, so is Pearl River in Mississippi or is it in Louisiana? It's it's in both. Yeah, it's it's. it's yeah, the the Pearl River crosses the the state line. Okay, and, and, and there's a Pearl River, Louisiana, which is like right outside Slidell, Slidell, 
and as a pro river you ever uh, date a girl from slidell no uh -uh. are they trash or or hillbillies no it's it's like a suburb oh yeah but 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 uh pro river's more uh i guess what mike fucking redneck type of it's it's more uh rural i didn't want to say it but um sure yeah it it's yeah it's um uh, yeah, it's more redneck. Let's just go. Let's because, just say it like that, for, bro. Fuck, I remember for the shoot job a million years ago. I would go. I would have to work in that area every blue moon, and I would drive down. Was it Highway Eleven, Mike? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there would be dead pit bulls on the side of the fucking road, dude. Every time there was there's one, there's one, there's one. I was it, I. Just, Apparently, there's a pandemic of fucking something killing pit bulls. Mike fucking... Vick had been through there. Yeah. And then, and then so what they do is, when they're done fighting them, they just uh, pop a bullet in their head, and they dump them on the side of the road so dumb people think they got hit by a car. But, I mean, I don't think people are that stupid when there's... Uh, hold on. Fucking five of them within the, you know... A few miles on the must side of the a, fucking road. Must have been a whole truck. Yeah, you're right. F one fifty, brother. All right. Well, now that we got that out the way, yes, my. Hey, uh, hey, Harper, you want to join us uh, this Friday to do the clash? We're going to do it at six fifteen. Oh fuck! In the morning. Oh no! I'll be working. <laughs> we could probably squeeze it in before you get to work. Yeah, right. I'll be you at know- work. You know oh. his Friday his Fridays are bad for him, as he said. He's circle circle dot dotting on Friday nights. Oh, that's right. Mm. He's yeah. fucking them bitches, dog. Yeah. Hopper, what are you texting us this? What is this? When? This guy you just texted us a picture of. I didn't text y'all anything. That was me, and that's oh. Ahmed Johnson. That's him now. Wow, he's uh definitely don't wow. look like my father. Jesus Lord. It looks like he's from Gentilly now, huh? Yeah, he he looks like a Gentilly brother right there, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He drives a Dodge Charger. <laughs> oh, okay. Any other Mud Show shenanigans before we get into this week's show? Actually, I do have something, Doc, and I'm thinking about it. Cause well, I, please. I, I noticed on, um, well, one, there just there's a five-star review that just popped up on Apple and one on Podcast Attic. The so one why on, don't you read the one on, on Podcast Attic, and I'll look over here and see if I can't pull up the one on Apple. All right, so the Podcast Attic one says, uh, this is from Ben Martin 88 longtime Patreon member. Thank you, Ben. Ben says, the best old-school wrestling podcast out there. It's like you're sitting in your favorite dive bar talking with your boys about the glory days of pro wrestling, among other things, which is other things, as you just heard uh, uh, that story about the Pearl River Church. They're living the dream. They're being blessed and being a blessing, and they're the best unprofessional wrestling podcast out there, period. And he capitalized the word period. Doc, have you pulled up your five-star review? Thank you. I do, but let me just tell you, we're the show that everybody wishes they were on. We're the talk of the wrestling industry, podcast industry. It's dying except for us. We got one here from CHBG24. Five-star review. 
That is, I know who that is. That is, um, I think that's his Twitter handle, chbg24. That is uh, our uh, longtime Patreon member, Craig. Um, so five. Well, Craig is one to mention that. Craig's titled his review "Docaholic," and he says, "Let me tell you something, brother. If you want to marvel in the majestic poetry of Doc Turner, relish in the sexual prowess of Hard Body Harper, mm. and the patent-esque leadership of Mike." The Tommy Rich Tamer, Mills. Please hit that icon and subscribe to the best thing going today. Booking the Territory is the podcast that could take the food out of my children's mouths. Be blessed, be a blessing, and vote. Hashtag Doc for Life. Doc for Life. That's what I'm talking about. I've been trying to tell you I'm over. Wow, I've been trying to tell Craig, you for five fucking. I've been trying to tell you for five fucking years that I'm over, but you know, whatever. You know, Craig's a Lakers fan. I don't know how much you'd like him based on that. You're a Saints fan. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Phil Allen is a damn Eagles fan. Three and two, good. dog. Javorski's in. Javorski's in second place. What do you want me to do about it? My fucking quarterback's half dead now. Yeah, saw that. I was <laughs> like, probably, "What the fuck?" He probably got the Rona in the damn hospital. So I, I got my own problems. I don't know. He's we can all get along here. What do you mean he's, he's got, got the a Rona? Backup. Hold yeah. on, I gotta get a beer. What's up? He's not. He's not Teddy Two Gloves, but you got a quality backup. Yeah. Oh. All right. Uh, now that we're almost uh, 30 minutes hey, into hey, this th- puppy. Well, but seriously, thank you for the five-star reviews. It is, it, you know, these are challenging times. This is a free way for you to help us advance our cause to make sure that we are purely motivated to keep doing this bullshit and take time away from our families. Um, and so, you know, that this helps out the show. Also, um, he'll probably tell you all about it later, but we are getting into Christmas time. And you know what that means. That means shop on Amazon. Amazon links, bro. Amazon links. Tinyurl.com slash Amazon. I'll mention it again as we get into this show. Uh, now I guess we can do some Saturday night. How's that sound, Doc? Hey, it's time It's time for the Go Home Show. It is uh, Saturday night on TBS, June the 10th, 1989. Uh, it is technically a Go Home Show before the next Clash of the Champions. So... Um, Let's get this thing going. I got the video going now. Uh, JR opens the show and tells us what we should be seeing tonight. Uh, they hit the center stage. Hayes tells us we will find out soon who the uh, new Freebird will be. So stay tuned, although we're not going to find that out during this hour. And I'll throw it to Doc to see if he's got anything else from that uh, rather um, long opening from God Hayes driving me up a wall. Anything, Doc? I didn't have anything from the open, my friend. Me neither. I'm guessing Harper doesn't either. No. All right. Well, so we go from that opening uh, to Hayes getting all this stuff into the first match where we get Ranger Ross, who defeats Jim Bryant. So, um, you know, I, I, I this match, I don't have much comments about it, but um, JR mentioned that the NWA would be at the Pontiac Silverdome, Silverdome on June 11th. So I did some looking at what the attendance may have been at the oh, Silverdome. Okay. <laughs> Haven't they learned when it was in a Superdome? Well, Harper, if you remember, the Superdome had about 5,000 in attendance, right? Uh, now, 4,000. And 4,000 4, didn't even fucking pay. 4,000 were giveaways, but, it, but they had 5,000. Remember that, right? Yeah. So, again, I did some looking because this match is a nothing happening match. Maybe. Maybe they were getting prepared for 
2020 and how you had to social distance a crowd. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> so I did some looking at what the attendance may have been at the Silverdome. And for those who don't know, uh, for our international audience, the Silverdome, Silverdome is no longer, but it's the former home of uh, our friend out there, David Jordan and CMU Brent, uh, Patreon members, Hall of Fame Patreon member David Jordan. It is the home, former home of the Detroit Lions. They used to play there for many years. And of and course, the, and the Detroit Pistons, son. Pistons played there. And of course, for all those who are WWF fans, you would know that WrestleMania was held there with the, you know, quote unquote, largest crowd ever at the time, which was a work, but whatever. I'm not trying to get into that. But anyway, so. Football capacity at the Silverdome was approximately 80,000 people, okay? So it was comparable in size to the Superdome, in my opinion, when you're talking yeah. about football capacity. It's but NFL stadium. NFL stadium. You're going to love this, Hopper. Well, hold on. Uh, and, and this is coming on the heels of the sheep just destroying wrestling in Detroit anyway. Right. So if you're going to go in there and draw, you better have Hogan and Andre, right? Yeah. So, so... I'll let me do this. I'm gonna give you a guess, Doc, and I, hopefully you didn't look it up while I was talking. I didn't look up shit. What do you think the reported attendance was that night in the Silver Dome on June 11th? Seventy-three, seventy-three hundred. All right, thousand. Okay, so according to um, Dave Meltzer, hold your hold your gasp when I say this. Oh, the Lord. reported attendance that night in the Silver Dome was 878 people. Jesus! Oh, nice. Oh, no. Gets, that gets the Pauly Walnuts. Son of a bitch! They could put that in, in the fucking high school gym. <laughs> the Silver Dome? That's 878? A, that's, a, that's a Wildcat show. That's yeah. worse than a Wildcat show! Right. I, I don't understand. It's you've, but they must love pain, bro. <laughs> they must love fucking like the, the fucking dominatrix shit. They must love to have someone sit on their balls and fucking beat the shit out of them. <laughs> Why in the, you just go to like a a college sized building that holds like seven thousand people, like a UNO. You, you don't need that many. Yeah, I mean that's all you need, bro. Hopper. Jesus. If you're going to draw Hopper. like that, you said it best. You just need the high school. Yeah, I mean, God. that oh. How sad is that? Okay, okay, so here's the thing. I must say something that I haven't really thought about, but you know what? We're five years in, and it, it's worked for me so far. I literally think that if you gave us six weeks, no pandemic, the three of us could promote a show in – Detroit <laughs> and draw more people. That's fucking crazy, man. I, I, I'm, I guess that's I'm, a true number. Many, you know how many wrestling shows I've put on in my life? None. 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 That's crazy, bro. And I think we could get more than 800 people there. How in the fuck do you go out there? You, you don't even go, man. I'm telling you that you can't. I, I knew they were writing a check to get out of the building that night, but come on. Imagine how much they fucking, how much it costs to rent that building. 
turning lights on, pay everybody, the security, concessions, parking. People, and that's security. in Detroit. You got to imagine the union was involved. Yeah, for real. Oh, I didn't. God. I didn't even look up the card, but I'm just. I, I like. Uh, here's what. Here's what made me look it up. Like I heard Jr. mention the Silver Dome, and I'm like, I hmm. remember this era of NWA, and I don't ever remember hearing. Oh, Pontiac. They went to the Pontiac Silver Dome and they drew ten thousand. Like I, I don't ever remember hearing that. So I was like, hold on, let me see if I can find some results on this, and. Meltzer reported 878. I found another report that said 930, whoop-de-woo, you know, 50 more people. That's not yeah. really breaking it. But so, I mean, literally, let's assume that 878 may even be inflated a little. Like, that. I mean, you want to talk, dude, I've seen what that amount of people looks like in a stadium that big. You know what it looks like? You need the New Orleans Saints are only allowed to put 750 people in a dome right now. I saw how that looked Monday night. That looks like nobody's there. <laughs> Bruh, you, that's you need, crazy. You need twenty to twenty five thousand to even make it appear doable. Yes. How do you fucking go out there? How does somebody not, being here's in that the other locker part. room? Everyone just like looking at each other, like, "What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> well, how did they get thing. to this?" Here's the other thing. If somebody was truly at the head of the ship, somebody's got to lose their job over that. Oh, God, heads would fucking roll. Are you fucking... The whole fucking uh, office staff would be out of there. This would be um, fucking totally unacceptable. Uh, hold on. I'm trying to look up the card for that night. Um, imagine the imagine the lose the amount of just losers running that place when okay. not only did you do it but then you just kind of just looked at your the ground and kind of looked at your shoes like oh well that sucks all right here y'all ready to hear the car because here's the thing i think me and harper are matter about this than they were yeah well yeah because they're still getting the fucking check it's a guaranteed fucking pay so it doesn't matter if it's I'm not talking about the wrestlers. I'm talking about the shitheads that are promoting this shit. Yeah. I, yeah, like, how can you fucking... I, I don't... That's fucking crazy, bro. That's okay. fucking nuts. Y'all want to hear the card? I'm de I'm depressed. The card... For, <laughs> the card for that night. Scott Steiner versus Mike Rotunda. Okay. That's a good match. Yeah. Just wait. And, it gets better. And we're in, and we're in Michigan. Okay, it gets better. Eddie Gilbert versus Kevin Sullivan. There mm. you go. Tape fist match, that one was. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hold on. It gets even better. Ricky Steamboat versus the Great Muda. Oh, fuck. That's, God, that's got to be, that's fucking badass. The Row Warriors versus the Samoan SWAT team. Okay. Lex Luger versus Michael Hayes. Yep. Now, it also says, also, but it doesn't say who they faced, was Ricky Santana was on the card, Shane Douglas, and Johnny Ace. I'm sure there were others, but that card I just read you, that's that's a nice card. Yeah, that's crazy. They, they should have had this shit like, like the Sam Houston Coliseum or something. They even said it was Family Appreciation Day. All kids' tickets were $5, and they still yeah. could only put 900 people in there. That's fucking crazy. Why go way the fuck up there? 
Mm. Well, they were they were in Michigan. They also were in Saginaw in the Civic Center on the tenth, the night of this show. I don't know how much how big the Civic Center in Saginaw is, <sighs> but it says that one drew a thousand. Um, they, so they outdrew Detroit in Saginaw, according to this this the site I'm looking at. Yes, You're, they're doing they're doing everything wrong. <laughs> I, bro, I'm just. I don't, I don't need a spreadsheet. I, I, don't I don't need a spreadsheet and a PowerPoint presentation and all kinds of cool new digital software and AI to know they're doing this shit completely ass backwards. Oh God! <laughs> I just well, don't understand how, how they didn't fire anyone. Bringing this guy, bring bringing someone from the old fucking you know empire when this shit well, was cooking and get this shit rolling again. You 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 heard you heard the card. I mean that that's a yeah. It holds was, well, and that place holds fifty five hundred for hockey and sixty two hundred for basketball. So they were probably writing the check to get out of there that night, bro. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> but you've <laughs> heard, but you've heard Bischoff say it. We're doing house shows, and every time we do one, we're we're losing money. Let's do more. Well, Austin talk. Austin talks about the era he was in when he comes in, and he start. He talks about, you know, that those days, and he's like, "Man, we're doing house shows. There's 300 people." I don't understand how that could happen. Well, that's why they ended up stopping doing house shows at a certain point. But we're years especially, away from that, especially with the level of. I mean, there's some shitheads in the promotion right now, but there's a lot of talent still here. It's ridiculous that they that they had less than nine hundred with the card that I just read. I don't right. understand why each house show on the you, you could be down like halfway full. Halfway. If you get, if you gave here's the thing. I ain't trying to blow nobody here. Let's let's assume no no Rona and you gave that card in that prom to Luke in twenty twenty, how many people could y'all draw in New Orleans? More than eight hundred, bro. Oh, you go to the you 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 could put that at the Saint Bernard Civic Center and you you yeah yeah three uh, thousand yeah. at the Pontchartrain Pont Center. Pont I don't know Center the buildings, too, yeah. but I was thinking three to five thousand. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, like the Pontchartrain Center, yeah, or the Alario. Well, again, the Silver Dome. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm in this. a bad mood now. I need something. Yeah. <laughs> I need something big. I need something big to happen to cheer me up. Well, well, I got, well, I got something that's going to cheer you up greatly, Hopper. And none what? of this was planned. No, I don't have a sponsor. But we're going to go to a segment in this week's episode where I tell you what, I'm just going to hit play. I'm going to say that the Gary Hart, I'm going to say Gary Hart, the great Muda, and Missy Hyatt are involved. Let's just go to this segment right now and get Hardbody Hopper's deepest thoughts afterwards. Here we go. Gonna, Back fans to World Championship Wrestling, Jim Ross and Free. Say that again, Hopper. I'm gonna unzip my pants real quick. Hold on. Okay, let's hit. Let's go to All it right. now. Bird, Michael P.S. Hayes here with you. Before we see the great mood and action up here in the ring, he's great too. He is, certainly is, and he's undefeated. But recently, he he did something I think is totally distasteful. No, 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 no. They're screaming for equal rights for women, and that's all he did. He gave them equal rights. You have to be careful, Missy Hyatt, of what you ask for. Because you just might 
get it. Let's go back now, fans, to a piece of videotape, <laughs> the great Muda, and this altercation with Missy Hyatt. So if you got something to say, you get it said and take your little pretty self on out of here. First off, I'm not scared of y'all, and I know hot stuff Eddie Gilbert's not scared of y'all either. And if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And speaking of man's business, you know, I know a real man, and you're no man. He sprayed that mist right into the face of Missy Hyatt in her eyes and in her face and she's down on the floor in pain. It, it got her right in the eyes. Here comes some help Doug Gilbert and Scott Steiner out to try to try to help Missy to get her face wiped off and clean. It's got right in her eyes. We're gonna have to get her some medical attention. She's gonna need some help and some medical attention. They've got her right into the eyes and into the face. Fans, let's get out of here while we try to get Missy some help. Mm. That's what oh, you oh. get. Oh. Whoa, why? Wait. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I, I don't. Go ahead, Doc. First of all, she's wearing that pink dress, which is great because it, it gets on the dress, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Like Cornette's he made white that, suit. Yeah, he made that move at her and shot her with that. That shit was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> shot her? Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> dirty bastard, you! You are so dirty. What? You're so, you're so dirty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> why you got pausing right there? Every every girl in the history of ever has made that same face. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Harper? Harper, what it? I mean. That's your girl. What do, what do you think about this? Oh, God. It sucks they probably did this in front of 50 people. No, no. Go back and look at that. There's, there, there's, that's a full arena. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they shot this, to be honest. But um, you can't really tell because of the lighting. But there's, yeah. there's people there. Um, I'm sure we could look up the results to see exactly where this was. I don't know off the top of my head. But... Yeah, because it, it, it seems like the fans aren't even, there's no barricade. They're just standing there. Yeah, I can't tell if there's a notice, rope or something. Nothing. Notice nobody made a move at Mood after that. Yeah, it'll spit on you, you fucking round-eyed <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> what? Say that again, Hopper? He's going to spit on them, those fucking round-eyed motherfuckers. <laughs> Look, he pushes Caudle out of the way when he does it, too. Wow, well, because he don't want to get that stuff in his fucking toupee. But we used to say that Caudill wasn't used to getting manhandled in Smoky Mountain, but he got pushed out of the way there. <laughs> I'm right, going to post a clip of this on Twitter and tag Missy in it to see if she'll respond to give to see if we can get her thoughts on when she got misted by Muda. Jesus. Okay. This, this so is Harper, good TV. Oh, is, hell yeah, it is. Hey, hey, personal issues, pal. He just yeah. fit in. In her face. Just Miss. Spit. I got a couple other thoughts in a minute, but Harper, first I want to know, is this what you have planned for your date with Missy post-Rona? Come on. Come on. Grow up, Doc. You see? What's wrong with take, you? Take her out for a nice meal, maybe a walk along the link punch a train. And then, 
And then you blow, <laughs> blow a load in her face. Hey, come on. See, Mike? You know, Missy might listen to this and, and you... I meant missed. Missed. I'm sorry. Hey, Why would you miss her? To... I, I don't know. Why did Buddha miss her? To, to get some heat, brother. <laughs> well, why does anybody... Never mind. Okay, if we're going to be serious for a second. Yeah. I can be serious. I have a couple of serious thoughts about this. This is this is some heat, bro. She just this is shit. She's a young, blonde, baby-faced female who got spit the mist by a foreigner when that still meant something. The other thing here is she just sold that mist better than anybody else who's been misted yet. But man, selling it. <laughs> walking by the TV and this is on. You're like, what the fuck? What what the fuck is this? Wait, that, that fucking Asian guy just spit right in her fucking face? What the fuck was that, Mace? I was missed. Yeah, but it's just... It, uh. This is just good you know, TV. This is how they should have brought Muda in. Before he ever did anything or got in the ring or anything else, he's just standing there like this mysterious dude, and then he missed her for the first act. Dude, she she took that spray stiff too. Like he ain't far away from her when he when he does it. That's what makes it. Oh my god! Look at that. That is just oh. She's screaming. She did. She sold this better than anybody else. Because that first match he had with Steve Casey, he missed it even, and they went eight minutes. That's bullshit. I agree. (laughs) I agree. And so, if this would have been the first thing that happened. Like and then she comes out the next week and she can't see. And he ain't even been in the ring yet. And, and then he gets w- in the ring and starts doing all that no wasted motion shit and moonsaults that have been like what how what the fuck, dude. Okay, he's willing and- to miss a woman and he's awesome at wrestling. <sighs> Any other thoughts, Doc? I, I this is great. Harper, are you this. are you are you okay over there? I'm all right. Poor old I mean, I, I think this has got either you took you're the one that unzipped your pants, or you are you. I lost my heart on. Where'd it no, go? It didn't it? Got it, yeah. You regained it. Do, did you, what were you about to say? You don't remember, or you remember this? No, I don't remember this. Well, I bet you Missy does. Yeah. Oh God. I wonder how much they what paid if she, what if to she, do that. What if she comes on and says? It smelled like rice. Oh, come. Come on, Doc. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> what is... I mean, you what you just said is worse than JYD. Oh, no, we don't want no Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> I love my Asian brothers and sisters out there. I, yeah. think, I think Missy said one time in a shoot interview that... Some of her best paydays were world class, though. So I don't, I don't know what she, I don't know what she would have got. But I mean, that would, I, I'd have to imagine. You know, I'm not trying to say Missy's like this prissy woman, but I'd have to imagine when they came to her, like, yeah, Muda's gonna miss you in the face. She was like, he gonna do what? And nah, it, it took her. Was... I don't nah, know, she's bro. in a business. Yeah, she's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I'm I, I'm a I'm gonna put her Twitter at when I post this clip and see see if she'll respond because she's responded lo- to us a few times. 
we love you, Missy, and we're gonna look out to see that your this gets avenged. This sorry shit can't go unanswered. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's America, motherfucker. Hey, do what that. does that mean? You don't do that to our precious, uh, yeah, blonde haired blue eyed women in America. coming over here with the Halloween makeup on, spitting on our on our women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think boy. he's made Harper mad. Personal issues, son. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on Missy Hyatt getting misted? Definitely. This good shit. The highlight of the show. Highlight yeah. of the show. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right. Well, we keep going, and uh, we move along from Missy getting misted by Muda to a match with 25-year-old Ray Lloyd making his first mm. NWA Saturday night appearance versus the great Muda. And, um, yeah, Ray Lloyd. So, Doc, did you have any thoughts? Ray Lloyd's debut. Glacier. Glacier, that's right. I like that mask. It's creepy looking. Yeah. Um, I'll I like the what, other one better. The one without the horns? Yeah. Muda was something else back in the day when you saw him, though. You, yeah. You thought, you just knew... Well, we got it with Kabuki first too. We, and we I liked Kabuki. Split. I like Kabuki's just appearance. I mean, Muda's a better worker. Come on. Yeah, but I, like, I agree. Kabuki had that appearance because he had that chain mail across his face that he wore to the ring, and then he had the hair in front of his face, so you couldn't really see his face. And it was always, well, he does that because he's scarred. Dude, and how the? Go ahead. That's spitting two different colors of mist. Is popping me at forty something years old. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking awesome. I was about to say it again. And he's preparing you actually for another color of mist he's going to have later on. But he starts a match with the red mist or, or the green and then he sprays red. It's really phenomenal, man. He's he's doing good stuff. And I will tell you. So, Ray, you know, Ray Lloyd is making his debut here uh, Saturday night. But the crowd, you know, Muda's supposed to be a heel. But they're popping for him, too. I mean, it's not overly How popping. How could but... you not? Right. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. It's hard not to pop for him. You saw this nowhere else. I mean, WWF wasn't doing shit like this. Like fucking Muda. Yeah, and somehow we only got uh, 900 people in the Silverdome with him and Steamboat working against each other. Jesus Christ. In the Steiner's home state. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, dude. The only thing I can think is it just wasn't promoted well. Run that back about. Run that back about. Run that back about twenty seconds. Okay, I will. Let me let me get what Harper was. Harper, what were you saying? I mean, just like this Superdome. That's what I'm saying. I think they would have learned from their fucking mistakes. Yeah. Watch Muda climb the ropes here. Oh, he's like a cat. El yeah, gato. I think this is it. Watch the cameraman. I got to get the hell out of this motherfucker. <laughs> and I thought he was going there. Um, Let me tell you, man, when Muda hits his moves, man, they cheer. It's not boisterous, but it's loud enough when he does his stuff. Muda wins. And that's, and that's why I think he should have been missed and misty from the beginning. Missy from the beginning. I'm not going to disagree he with you. He doesn't do anything heelish except the mist. Well, does, no, he does the uh, the throat thing where he kind of hits you in the throat. 
Yeah. And this was back when just being from another country was enough to get you over as a heel. Look at that German. Jesus. Look at that shit. Harper says it all the time. No wasted movement. That German was something. Who who else was doing that right then? In on T. I ain't talking about your Japanese tape trading bullshit. I'm talking about on national TV. <laughs> Duck it. Yeah. You fucking nerds. <laughs> I got this tape. I, I got New Japan hair. I was just, go date a girl. <laughs> Jesus. Hold on, bro. Look at these brothers dancing in the back. Look, look, look right here in a second. The brothers are dancing after Muda wins. Hold on, it's coming. It's coming. It, there it is. You see, boy. You yeah, see, boy. Yeah, look at them. Look at them dancing. They are dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Muda Those wins. brothers, like, we don't care if he's from Japan. They don't treat us too well here anyway. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I mean that. So, we take a German. Well, I don't because I still think it's a hell of a move. But no, you, was that the first time most people had seen a German suplex at that point? Oh, no, nah, we. So yeah, who? Who? I mean, we've who seen the Steiners it? do it. The Steiners have done it. We've seen Germans. It's just, but the way Muda hit it with that perfect arch, and he's got. I mean, the way he holds on to Ray, to Ray Lloyd, it, it, it's just beautiful. It was, yeah. it was as perfect as it could get. I mean, he's on. It's just so perfect. okay. Here's a here's a question. Stop. Push pause. We get the top ten. Is he to to be to back to Harper's point? Should he be less flashy at this point in his game and more heelish? Well, the problem not is... not like not like Kabuki where it was just, but not like the greatest worker on the card. Can you imagine him and Steamboat getting it on? That's what I'm saying. Like, that fucking card in, in fucking Michigan. That's a big fucking match. I we mean... gone, man. We'd have been... I, we'd have had our own section. I agree. He, he... You know, just he's so good. Just like, how the hell do we cheer for him? Which which I've heard Cornette say that too. But another thing to realize is we just reviewed a segment where he, he misted, you know, a, a precious... Card white woman, blonde hair, blue eyes in a southern fucking wrestling promotion in the face. So that's pretty damn heelish. That's a pretty pretty big heelish thing to do, if you, if you really think about it. So, I hear you, but he just missed it, Misty. Missy. So, it's hard yeah. to say. It's hard to say that. It, it really is. You get tongue twisted. Um, I, I, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to go on and on about Muda for, for months, so let's just move along, but he's fantastic. And we, we say it every week. And I think he's even growing on me, even what I thought coming in as you remember things. Cause you got to also, I mean, we're in my, we're in my dark period and I've gone back and watched some of this stuff, but we're, I was telling Mike Harper, we're really entering my dark period in another six months where I didn't see any of this shit. Yeah. Okay. So what's this top 10 here? Well, we got a new top 10 as we go to the next segment. Um, new NWA official top 10. And this time, it is very much different. Uh, Terry Funk is now on the top 10. I don't, I don't he knocked Dickie Murdoch out. Yeah, he wasn't on there last week. And if you notice, uh, Michael Hayes is now number 6, and Lex Luger is number 2. Uh, I'm waiting for y'all to ask me some questions on that. Four. Well, they changed the title, I think, and nobody is going to say anything. Yeah. They put the title 
Lex won won the title. Uh, it actually did air on a worldwide episode, but on actually I think this same date or maybe it was the third. I can't quite remember. They they changed the title, so Luger is now the U.S. champion, and that's why you see him now up to number two, and Michael Hayes moved down to six. Um, you'll see why they did that as far as getting the belt off of Hayes. And I'll just leave it at that. I won't say anything else. But Luger is now uh, rated much higher. So, yeah, there's that. Steamboat's number number one. Flair's a champion still. Terry Funk, though, is still, uh, he's now in there. He's he's 10. And, yeah, I don't have any other thoughts on it. Doc, any thoughts on the top 10 from you? Uh, no. All right. This reminds uh, me of, like, when they used to have, like, the uh, the Friday night videos. They have, like, the top 10 fucking songs or whatever. Remember that? Yes, yeah. and I'm a and I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff too. Yeah, like, I know. I mean the 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 top ten the, the the rankings we've talked about. I mean know, every every Sunday and... when I'm watching the NFL about one o'clock Central, I start looking for the the college the rankings, and I you know I do the po- same thing. Go ponies, man! Go They're ponies! Run. Go They're ponies! By the time this airs, they would have either lost to Tulane or beat or or, or beat Tulane. We'll see. But uh, oh, they're gonna beat Tulane. Tulane's a yeah, fucking joke. I I agree. I just was, you know, that's a shameless plug for for uh, Big Lance, who you'll hear later in the this program. Yeah, we've got uh, we're gonna go to some uh, world class, uh, so a Patreon free preview uh, as we get to the end of this thing to, uh, this week. So, all right, uh, Harper, any thoughts on the top ten or keep moving? No, let's roll. So uh, we go to the next match. It is Dick Murdoch who defeats Fred Avery. Hey, uh, Michael Hayes and Jim Ross mentioned the next Clash of the Champions. It's only four days away, as we've talked about. If you want the audio of that review, you got to go to tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Uh, they've mentioned the Clash a little bit, but not a ton, I guess. I, I feel like it's just last week where they first started talking about it. Uh, I'm going to assume they had more ads running on the stuff that we don't see as far as the commercials go uh, from these episodes. But, yeah, so there you go. Um, anyway, Murdoch wins. Doc, any thoughts? Uh, Fred Avery here is the person who trained uh, Ray Lloyd in Glacier. So they probably rode to the show together. And uh, in case you were wondering, um, at some point early on in, in Ray Lloyd's career, uh, a certain – a uh, world champion named Tommy Rich uh, oh. called Ray Lloyd, Sugar Ray Lloyd. Who? Ray Lloyd. No, who called him? Fred Avery. Fred Avery trained Ray Lloyd. I know, but who called him Sugar Ray Lloyd? I never heard of Oh, that was Tommy Rich. Oh, capital T, capital R, Tommy Rich. Wildfire. Oh, never heard of him. Okay. He's well. Um, he's coming to Texas in a few months, so you better watch I, out. I heard that Are three weeks ago. I heard that three weeks ago. Yeah, sure, sure. Hopper, you got any thoughts what? on Dick Murdoch and Fred Avery? No, nothing. I appreciate your uh, your thoughts there, Doc. Though, so uh, thank you very much. All right, uh, Doc, let's go to Dick Murdoch now. Here it is. Time out of his schedule to speak with us. The reason that I've asked you to join us is the fact that of all the wrestlers in the NWA, no one knows Terry Funk any better than you. For the fans here's information, the fans at home, Dick Murdoch's probably teamed with Terry Funk more times than any other athlete. 
and many say that you have been even closer to Terry than his own brother, Dory Jr. My question is, what is going on in the mind of the former world's champion? Why is he acting as he is? Well, Jim, you know, first of all, a lot of people out there may or may not know that first, Terry Funk's from a wrestling family, second generation. His brother was a world's heavyweight wrestling champion. Terry Funk was a world's heavyweight wrestling champion, and his dad was one of the toughest individuals ever put on a pair of wrestling tights. Well, I come from a wrestling generation too. My dad wrestled, my uncle wrestled, and they were both tough individuals. Terry and I both live in West Texas out in the canyon. Ever since we was this big, when my dad and his dad wrestled, we'd watch him in the ring, and during the arena somewhere, me and Terry would be fighting. We'd be seven, eight years old fighting because our dads were for fighting. Then we went through school the same way. And then he went to West Texas State a little bit before me and played football there, and I went there too. And Jim, out there in West Texas, we're a different breed of people. Uh, we're not big city folks, we're country folks. We stand out there in that 50 mile an hour wind 365 days a year, and it makes just everybody just a little bit goofy. Now, everybody knows that the top 10 in the NWA is the most prestigious group of wrestlers there is. Terry wants to be number one in the top 10, like I do too. I want to be number one. Everybody wants to be number one in the top 10. Terry went out and injured Ric Flair. Pile drive him, put him out. May have ended his career. Might have it, might not. But he wants the world's heavyweight championship belt. Like I want it, Michael Hayes wants it. If you're a wrestler, you'd want it. What makes Terry Funk click and what makes him do it is Terry's elevator doesn't stop at every floor. I agree with that and so the fans here. There's a lot of air that goes between his ears. Just like myself. Now I'm gonna tell you something. Terry Funk is gonna go up against Ricky Steamboat Wednesday night. Right. Ricky Steamboat is one fantastic wrestler. A great individual. I've watched Ricky, I've wrestled with Ricky. He is a scientific wrestler. He can take the battle to you. Now Terry Funk, Terry Funk can wrestle, believe me. But Terry Funk is just a tad bit goofy. He's a barroom brawler, a street fighter. And if it takes bite and a hunk out here behind to win a match, he'll do it. Wednesday night, I don't know if I'd want to be in Ricky Steamboat's shoes or not because Terry Funk has got one goal to prove. He wants to be number one. He wants to be world's heavyweight wrestling champion. And it's going to be a bad price to pay, believe me. Dickie, thank you very much for coming out. Wait, 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 I got one question. Since you know Terry Funk better than anybody, would you not, isn't it safe to say that he is in the best, not shape, but maniacal attitude ever in his career. He has got one fantastic attitude. He wants to win. I want to win. This profession makes your attitude bad a lot but of times. But does he not have more drive than you've ever seen in Terry Funk? Yes, he does. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, fans, thanks to Dick Murdoch. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Tag team action coming your way in just one moment. I mean, Murdoch made some good points, logical points. We all want to be number one. We all want to be heavyweight champ. Um, you know. Murdoch said Funk's a bad man, nasty fighter. I don't think any of us will disagree with that. I feel like this was more, um, you know, trying to promote the clash that's coming up on Wednesday night more than anything. Uh, Doc, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm going to say that was good because of what he tried to accomplish and what he did. Um, he is right about West Texas, man. There's some there's some strange folks that that inhabit that them parts. Yeah, um, like the hill has eyes. Well, and uh, that 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 I thought that promo did its job. I thought so too. And honestly, we're not going to top what we saw with Misty. I just don't understand what we're trying to do because I like the promo and I like what we're doing. 
but we want to be kid friendly and there ain't nothing kid friendly about Dick Murdoch and Terry Funk talking about being lunatics. No doubt. Hey, Aubrey, look, there's our, there's our old friend. Stanfield. Wiggling. <laughs> and jiggling. Yeah. Oh, Stan. Driving and socializing. Right. Uh, Hopper, any thoughts on Murdoch? I like how he brings up how he, he uh, comes from a long family of, of, of a wrestler, so he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, it, it's it's that's just good logical storytelling. That was the, you know, I mean the thing about promos nowadays to me a lot of times they don't make sense. You know, and the guys at least back then because they weren't scripted, they made sense. They they would tie in old things and like Murdoch's kind of giving a bit of a history lesson here. So yeah. yeah, and he and he's a legitimate source to be doing that. Yeah. Agree. All right, we move along. We go to the Midnight Express, who defeat Keith Steinborn and Lee Scott. Cornette does grab the mic before the match and says the only guys who get more action in Atlanta than Rob Lowe, Bobby, and Stan, the Midnight Express. Uh, I thought that was a funny one from Corny. Hayes continues to mention the new Freebird will be announced at the Clash, so stay tuned. And Teddy Long is back out at ringside, and the chants of Peanut Head are allowed again. Any thoughts, Doc, from this? A couple of things. Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. Right. He survived that kind of scandal better than anybody else that's been involved in that kind of scandal, no? Yes. I don't know what he did, but he navigated that better than, than anybody else who's been stuck in that position, so to speak. Do you need but to explain he, what you're talking about? I don't quite... He banged an underage girl, right? That's what I thought it was. On tape. He taped it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Don't videotape yourself banging ass. He's like, you won't be in St. Elmo's Fires too, girl? Yeah. Well, then grab your ankles. Oh, come on. <laughs> Doc, I think you need to clarify you're not, uh, you're, you're, you're not promoting... That with underage uh, women? Never. Okay. Never. Make it sure. I'm saying, I'm saying he broke the law. Yes, exactly. All right. But now, I just wanted you to clarify exactly, you know, what you were talking about, about when you said he he got out of that scandal better than anyone. That 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 was. Well, I mean, he, he still has a career. He's not in jail right he now. He still looks great. Well. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Say Any, it. Say it. No, no, no. Say it. Mike would get upset and have to cut it out. And then tomorrow I would, at work, I'd get a, why'd you have to say that shit? Now i got to go back and fucking edit it because this is fucking bullshit. You guys don't understand. You just come on and say shit and, and you don't understand that I have to go back and edit it and it takes time and I'm tired all the time. No, no, <laughs> don't go there with me. This is, let me tell you something. I don't even remember what it was, but a few weeks back he was like, Bro, you, you got to edit such and such out. I don't even remember what it was, but at 6 a.m. in the morning. Dog, you got to edit that out. Really? Yes, please. You got to edit that out. So don't don't even go there with me when you're the one who does that. Imagine all the things, patrons, imagine all the things that you don't hear. Yeah. <laughs> We're not good people. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is this is you are you are on you're in international waters when you're listening to this show. <laughs> we don't give a shit. Okay. Hopefully it gets edited out, but who knows, man? All right, keep keep going, Doc. Keep going. Keith Steinborn, does he have the worst hair in wrestling? Uh, or yeah. is it the the best hair? That's, that's a great point. One man's trash <laughs> is another man's treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get uh I did have a timestamp here. Nineteen twenty. We're only nineteen minutes into this shit. Jesus, you're getting Christ. he's getting he's getting blown up, y'all. He's getting blown up. That's why Grab he just hole. said that. He's getting blown up. He's blown up. 1922. Uh-huh. I got 1915. How about I start from there? You want me to play right, audio or what? All I have here was this is nice, so I don't know what it is. Let's okay, see. So let me play the audio. It'll be it'll again. be a move. All right, here it is. That this time next week you will be looking at one half of the world tag team champions. Well, I guess I can handle it. That's the way it's going to be. Go ahead, bet against us. I'm not a betting man. We wouldn't be doing it again if we couldn't do it better. That's a great teamwork. teamwork Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it, but that is some definitely some great teamwork between two guys who knew how to do tag team wrestling. They worked over two dudes right there. Yeah. Um, that's all I had. All right. Hey, Harper, I got to tell you something. Uh, when we do the clash, uh, the ding dong show up. Great. <laughs> That's what I said. Oh, God. <laughs> so that uh, Doc doesn't uh, get any more blown up. Let me go to Paulie Dangerously here. He's got something to say. He looks like he's been eaten. Just the other day, I was on Wall Street with all the big money packers, and they said, Paulie Dangerously, remind Jim Cornette that you don't run for Ayatollah. You don't drink and drive. You don't drive with Ted Kennedy. You don't double date with Rob Lowe. And you don't live dangerously with a Samoan SWAT team. But the fact of the matter is, for the first time in my life, I'm going against Wall Street. Because I'm going to be Mr. Nice Guy on the Clash of Champions. I'm going to sit back Wednesday night and let the Samoan SWAT team prove once again to the Midnight Express that they are the better team. So I'm looking at you straight in the face, Jimmy Cornette. I'm not going to interfere. I will not use the telephone that I've bashed on your head before. I'm not going to do anything to cheat because the Samoan SWAT team doesn't need me to beat the Midnight Express. It's just that simple. I'm going to be Mr. Nice Guy. Think about it. Have I ever lied to you before? Dude, I I almost felt like I was gonna get struck by lightning when he said, it, "Or have you ever 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 lied to you before?" And Paul Lee is eating good. The, the the cheeseburgers and whatever else he's getting on the road is some good stuff. Would you agree, Doc? Uh, what else you got from this? Um, it is good. He has been eating, and that's a good promo. I mean, you don't run for Ayatollah. I like that line. You don't run for my Ayatollah. You don't run for Ayatollah. Like, you don't run for president. You don't run right. for Ayatollah. Okay, that's, yeah. Like that's a great part. line. But how many people watching this knew what the fuck he was talking about? <laughs> how many people on the show? I know. You think oh, Jaworski knows what the fuck he's talking about? Well, I just meant the three of us. Oh. But, but God will help us. No, because I know what the... I know what it is. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Paulie is eating. I know that much. God, he's starting to blow up already. 
He, yeah. You can see it from when he showed up in November of last year to now, man. That seven, eight months, he's starting to pack them. He's changing on us, and it's not been that long, man. <laughs> and it would help him if he wore a collared shirt underneath that jacket, even though we're trying to be Sonny Crockett from Miami Vice. Mm. Yeah. Harper said he's starting to look a little hair starting to he's fall out. To look I don't a little, know. He's starting to look a little doughy. He's getting a little bit of excess on the face. You can kind of see it. Huh? But anyway, all right. Uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, Jim Ross throws it to Steamboat and Funk. Um, this, this is rather long. So um, I, I feel like I got to play it, though, Doc. Don't you agree? Funk, my note here, and it's the only note I have, Funk is great here. Yeah, I'll, I'll break it up. So let, let's go to the first part of it now because there's a couple different parts. Here it is. It's the World Championship Wrestling. Jim Ross here with you on the Superstation. Earlier this week, I had the occasion to be one of the great NWA cities to conduct an interview with Terry Funk. The subject of that interview was this Wednesday night's primetime live broadcast here on the Superstation, the Class of Champion 7. Of course, as we all know, Funk, now the number 10 contender for the World's Heavyweight title, will wrestle this Wednesday night the number one contender, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That was the subject of the interview, and it was most interesting. Let's play it now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to talk to Terry Funk about the big class of champions coming up this Wednesday night in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And Mr. Funk has finally cracked the top 10 in the NWA at number 10. And this Wednesday night live on prime time here on the Superstation, he will wrestle the number one contender, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, this Wednesday night. Jim Ross, I want to tell you and the simple-minded people out there the cold, hard facts one time and one time only. I am from a professional wrestling family. And many years ago, my father was a wrestler too. And my father died in my arms after a professional wrestling match. They had his funeral and thousands of people came to his funeral and they brought every kind and color of flower imaginable. That, like I said, was many years ago. Then the years went by and I went back to the gravesite and all that was there was me and the West Texas winds. And I looked down at that headstone of his and it said Funk, F-U-N-K. And I swore to the heavens above that I would make that name synonymous with wrestling forever, forever. If I have to step on Sting, I will. If I have to step on Luger, I will. If I have to step on Steamboat, his family, I will. That includes that little pig-nosed half-breed child of his. Because what I want to do is I want to have Ric Flair. And I bet my last breath, I bet my heartbeat, I will bet my... Hey! I know that this is your interview time. But if you want to talk to me, and if you want to talk about me, if you want to talk about my family, don't talk into the camera. Tell it to me face to face. Get it off your chest. What have you got on your mind? I want Ric Flair. 
You talk about, I will talk about my family. This is my interview time, and I am ranked number 10. Why are you ranked number one? Whenever Ric Flair beat you, just defeated you, why aren't I number one? I'm asking you now. That's a question that you can ask the NWA committee. I said cut that tape. That interview's on. All right, let's stop there because then Luger interrupts this thing from the studio. Oh, not the studio, center stage. Um, Hopper chuckled like I did. He called Steamboat's kid a pig-nosed half-breed. That's nice. Jesus! A half-breed. Wow. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Hopper? <laughs> this is a great fucking promo. I mean... For the very beginning. So you're going to be a heel. but And you're going to do dastardly things. But we don't think that you might be a, a slight bit racist. I mean, it fits. I mean, what, what, what would go you out, say? Go, for, out, for, go out to West Texas, man. Well, yeah, I mean, look. Uh, sure, there's many fine people out there. And there's also... Um, there were fine, fine people, people everywhere. But the <laughs> right. point but the point there's is... There's also some not-so-fine people out there. Everywhere. So the point is, if he's going to be a heel, he's already busted the champions and stack of dimes. Mm-hmm. He's messing things up. Why would he take pot shots at children? All I wanted to say out of this was, I thought back in the day we left people's families out of this. That's well, right. For the record, Funk has never said that. I don't think I've ever heard Funk say that. I know, but it was the rule back in the day, right? Well, if you listen to certain people, like um, you want to say the name you're thinking of. No, I, I don't. I'm not trying to start the heat. I'd hate to have okay. to. I'd hate to have to drop a spine buster on somebody. Oh, I mean, it's shit. it's one of our but, favorite wrestlers of all time, but he's he's very hypocritical the way he says that. Right, because calling somebody's child, and we're not talking like teenage son. We're talking about a baby, a toddler. Yeah. Like the ones that watch fucking uh, Brian Pillman bang his fucking mom. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) He called him a pig nosed half breed. Damn. I I know, but like, Steve should have just fucking came out swinging. That's stiff. That's stiff. That is, dude, that's stiff. Oh, that was stiff. Okay. So, Hopper, any other thoughts before I keep this going when they interrupt and then go to Luger at center stage. I mean, pig nose half breed. He, he called his baby a fucking pig nose half breed. That, okay. that, that would have got my Rolex if not for Missy getting missed it. And Tell I'll, me yeah. about it. Tell me about it. And guess what? This is the go home for these two fighting on, on the next, on the clash. That's right. In front of 300 people. No, and, no, 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 and, no, no, no. This is at, the, the clash is at Park. the clash is at <laughs> <laughs> it's at Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Now the the clash is at Fort Bragg, and that shit is packed, and it's a bunch of rowdy army men. Oh yeah, well because it it was a free show. Well, they paid with their lives, but now, come on. <laughs> I mean, what? What? Yeah, now y'all being dumb. Can we get back to what you were saying, Doc? The fact that them these two are going to be at the clash, and this is what you get right before that. So, I mean, hats off to the NWA here. We give them a hard time for certain things, but look, you're going to have these two doing battle. This is this is this, this is, is a great night. setting it yeah. up because it's a slight detour for both men, 
to dance with each other while you resolve the Luger and turn and Rick getting well. So this is well done. Um, Harper, is there anything more 1989 than that shirt that Steamboat's wearing? I thought he was wearing one of karate outfits. No, it's just a. I don't even know what that design is on that shirt, and then he's got his, yeah, you know, tucked. Yeah, that into looks his, like something from you. You would get from TJ Maxx. He's got him tucked into his Z Cavariches, I think. I don't know. Yeah, got the little ponytail. Yeah. I bet his fucking. Uh, I bet the bottom of his uh, pants are probably tight rolled. <laughs> that was awesome. Hey, yeah. do you think that you think Bonnie told him to put his hair in a ponytail so it have it have more of an edge? Baby, put your hair. At a ponytail, so they're gonna think you, you uh, look like the Steven Seagal guy. I got a mm. serious question for both of you. I'm gonna ask Doc first. You ready, Doc? A mouth is a mouth. You, you can no. do it. I don't care. No. Do you think Bonnie got mad at Steamboat because of what Funk said about uh, yes, fuck pig nose? You need half to, breed. You need to tell him to keep his goddamn mouth closed about our children. You know those women will work themselves into a shoot. About anything and everything. And even though oh, yeah. she knew this was a work, she was mad. I guarantee Yeah, get yeah, 100%. I bet I, she I, had that baby bouncing on her fucking hip. And like, you see what he, you see this? This is our baby. He called your baby a, a, a fucking pig-nosed half-breed. I know, I know, Bonnie, but it's part of the it's part of the angle. And I told him I, I told him not to do that again. You he think Vince he, would allow that to happen? No, we need to fucking <laughs> leave this fucking uh, place. Now, now, Bonnie, we got we, we, they promise heard promise me that I get another <laughs> run with Flair. It's gonna be okay. We're gonna we're gonna the checks are gonna go back up. Look, I told Terry, hey, watch out. And he said, okay, we're all right. Please let me handle it. He got a mouthful. Uh, he got blasted from her on this one. He was he was trying to make up for that for for at least two weeks. He got blasted on that like he said it. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you know women like to hold you accountable for some stuff somebody else did. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's like the the thing. Like I I ne I ne I never forget. My mom did something before she died in 2012. And it made my wife mad. I mean, imagine that, a mother-in-law making their daughter-in-law mad, right? But anyway, my mom did something once, and I go, you're mad at me because of what another grown adult did. Well, you you should, hold on. I can't stop another grown adult for doing something, okay? So You know what you should have told him? Tighten up, Sasha. Simmer down, toots. Go ahead. Yeah. You should have said, if you two bitches don't settle down, I'm going to throw you in the shed and the first one to come out wins. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's nice, Doc. <laughs> Let's keep moving to the next segment of this. This was phenomenal. I do agree, as we've talked about it now for quite some time. So Luger is in his center stage, and they, they cut into it like it's live and he's like ah cut this cut this come to me so let's go now to luger at center stage he's now got the u.s title as we talked about he defeated hayes for it on worldwide here we go get behind the camera i want a camera out here right now hey, well, we're live get the camera out get behind the camera cut that interview what's we're, we're on we're live we're not showing the interview what's the problem get the camera where it belongs now i've sat back there jim ross and I've sat back for a very long time. 
Now I've had it up to here with the politics, with the hierarchy, sitting back, wondering what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. There is a clash of champions, correct? Right, Wednesday night. Exactly. And it's Lex Luger on the clash of champions. No, sir, you're not? No, he is not. Would you like to see Lex Luger wrestle with his championship belt on the clash of champions? I am the U.S. Heavyweight champion. If you're gonna call this a clash of champions, TBS, NWA, I don't care who's in charge, the champions should be on that show. You got a point. Now we're talking about number one contenders. What is the number one title in the NWA today? The world's heavyweight championship, no doubt. What is the number two title in the NWA? The second most prestigious. Your championship's the number two title, the U.S. Heavyweight champions has always been recognized as the second most prestigious title. And why do I sit back there in my monitor and listen to a Terry Funk who should not be arguing about the top ten, but only the bottom ten? Who have you beat? Nobody. And then I gotta listen to Ricky Steamboat. I had Ric Flair on the verge. I pushed him further than anybody ever has in this sport. And Ric Flair made the statement, I pushed him past the limit, because he said, oh, I will never wrestle Lex Luger again. Wrong, Ric Flair. Now, Ricky Steamboat, you were to the mountaintop. But what you did was, you slid in the back door when I was on the verge of achieving what was mine. You've fallen off that mountaintop. You're no longer number one. What makes you think you're gonna get in the top perch? We're talking big money. We're talking prestige. We are talking about the world's heavyweight title. And where is our brave champion? Our brave champion is off flicking his wounds. I've seen, I have heard hide nor hair of Ric Flair. Either wrestle or give up the belt, which makes the top 10 rankings all that more important. So bottom line is this, this may become a process of elimination. I will be there Wednesday, whether you guys want me on that show or not, I will be there, Jim Ross. And what this comes down to is this, who is king of the hill? You know who's king of the hill. They know who's king of the hill. The fans out there know who's king of the hill. You are looking at the king of the hill, baby. Hey, Steve, we were going to show him a piece of tape, but Steamboat said some real nice things about him. Let's see now this comment from Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I apologize for the interruption. Let's see the, the footage from Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and then we'll be back with more action. I mean, Luger was great there to me. He's not yeah. lying. He's like, it's Clash of the Champions. Why the hell am I not on it? I'm the U.S. champion. What the hell is going on here? And... You know, Funk and Steamboat, they're yapping about me a number one contender. He's like, I'm a damn U.S. champion. I should be number one contender. And, you know, this is bull crap that Flair said he'd never give me another shot at the title. I mean, pass around the day. Look, we, we're hard on Luger sometimes on his promos, especially his babyface ones. I don't say hard, but we're like, yeah, it's fine. It's nothing great. But goddamn, pass around the collection plate right now. Luger's preaching. What do you think, Hopper? I think his his... 
Ron Anderson came out, and, and that was the best promo he's ever done. I mean, like you said, where you know, where did he lie? He's that was cuts. good shit, dude. That yes. I, I, I think I think that was the best promo I think he's done. Well, he did one when he turned face. That was really good. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. And it was if they did this now, of course there'll be a fucking triple threat match right there. <laughs> Later tonight. Yeah. In fucking five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not gonna disagree. <laughs> um I, I, I this is tremendous. Any other thoughts, Hopper? That was just good shit, man. That was a good that was a great fucking promo. Doc. I got a feeling you're going to be in agreement. What do you think? I am in agreement. That was good. I mean, he 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 told the truth. He told he brought up grievances. I mean, he's had a point for a long time that he kind of got shuffled out of the picture with Rick for no good reason other than Rick just said, "Okay, I'm going to make this happen." And so he's had this boiling resentment and it's an, enough is enough and he's hot about it. And so the only thing that, that will continue to bother me forever about him other than other things is just his inability to bend that thumb so that it's always at a right angle to his index finger when he's cutting a promo. They're always parallel. <laughs> it look perpendicular, but That's, yeah, they, but they, it's just, it looks so unnatural. He looks stiff when he does that. But other than that, I mean, that's nitpicking. He cut a great promo there, and he cut off something else that's going on because he's what's important. Yeah, because he and he didn't have to rip his shirt off and start flexing, which is, I think, his that's his crutch. And he just fucking shot a great fucking promo. He is a real American. And, um, you know, the crowd was into it. They're like, you want to see me at the Clash? And they go, yeah. They're like, they fuck pop. yeah, we do. Yeah. I want to see he the did. ding-dongs. No. He made... No. Luger just made some phenomenal points right there. There is nothing he said that wasn't true. Everything he said was on point, true. Like, he's not... There's not... one Again, pass around the collection plate, because he's I'm out I'm not there. going that far. Come on. Pat, He's preaching. Nah. Okay. Well, we'll keep going. Um, They go then to Steamboat, who, I mean, I don't have anything from this, Doc. Did you? He doesn't really say anything. Let me look here. No. It's, basically, it's the follow-up after the interruption in Steamboat. You know, he does say some nice things, and he says he's going to get funk at the Clash. It, it, there's not, it's not bad. It's just, eh, it's okay. He should have cut a shoot promo and was like, I didn't even know Terry Funk was in this fucking promotion. <laughs> oh, boy. They don't tell me shit around here. <laughs> well, he did have some heat with what was going on, but, you know, that's another, you know, we, we won't get into right. that. Um, Hopper, any thoughts on Steamboat? No. Doc, well, did yeah. you have anything? Did you have anything from... That does scream 1989. That Steamboat shirt? Oh, yes, it did. Yeah. Doc, did you have anything from Sullivan? Uh, in no, the it was it was kind of no. I didn't have anything there. Um, 
Sullivan does say him and it's going to be him and Rotunda versus the Striner brothers uh, that he calls the Moron brothers coming up. So not mm-hmm. not this week, but yeah. Um, anyway, I didn't have nothing else from it. Harper, did you? No. So then we go to the next match. It is Dwayne Bruce and Mark Smith uh, versus the Varsity Club, which is Sullivan and Rotunda. They they again announce uh, Rotunda as Captain Mike Rotunda. We've talked about that in the past. Varsity Club wins quickly, beat the hell out of these guys. Steiner brothers come out to make the save on to help out Bruce and Smith because they're getting beat down by Varsity after. Doc, anything from it? No, because I really am ready to get to the next thing. Wild Bill? Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Let me go to man. It. Uh, hey, I am a world class as a kid. Wild Bill was a was a staple of world class in my youth, and I met him later on in life uh, in another capacity one day. But I'll talk about that on the other side. So real quick, uh, let me play it. But also former BTT guest, um, his. His clips that I've posted on YouTube, on our YouTube channel for this show, uh, have gotten tons of hits. He's got some really good stuff in the interview that we did with him many years ago. It's probably been three years ago now, but let's go to his promo here. It's it's not a long one. Quick. Uh, Wild Bill, he's going to be battling someone at the Clash. Here it is. The war this is ridiculous. Six weeks ago, they threw me out of here for doing stuff like that, and they persist and let them Steiners put them back in oh the institution. God, wearing me well, out. They, they were, they were just taking up. They had no business out there. Well, maybe they their did. match is Wednesday night, not now. As Wild Bill Irwin's coming up next, but he made this comment about this Wednesday night and this battle for the television title and the Stinger. We'll roll it. This Wednesday night live on the Superstation at the Clash of Champions, there's going to be a new champion crown. That's me. I'm going to take it away from this young puke, the Sting. And then the Sting, when I get done with you, just like everybody else, (laughs) they're going to feel a little Sting on their back. Maybe you've been putting a Sting on a lot of people, but brother, when I put the leather Sting on your back, you won't be doing no woo. You'll be doing ah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Doc, you said you got some thoughts because, you know, we're world-class fans. We remember Wild Bill very well. And again, Wild Bill was on the show, told a lot of world-class stories and whatnot. What did you think about that? The promo's not that great, but here's the, here's the thing about him. He come in crack. I, I've seen him in person, in mm-hmm. live, in the ring. He comes in cracking that whip, and that shit reverberates throughout the the arena. And that, it, it's no joke. Look, he's not going to be a world champion. But that's not his lot in life. He's an upper upper mid card heel, and he's really good at that. He is a a bigger man than you think, too. Yeah, he's also. You know how old he is here? Anybody want to guess? Uh, eighteen. He's been thirty two. While at this point, how old is he right here, Doc? Thirty four. Okay. Oh, 34. Okay. So that means in, in a world class is prime, he's in his late twenties. Um, that, which, which makes sense. He, he's, um, I said, when I say a lot bigger, I know he's, I'm not saying he's like six, seven or something, but he's a, he's a big man and you, you really can't tell cause he's not like, he never was the bulkiest dude, but, uh, he got some serious heat in world class as wild bill. And then as uh, one of the super D's with his brother, Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a very, very good run in world class. If you, you know, again, become a 
patron and you can get all of our world class shows tinyurl.com slash patreon btt but wild bill like doc said he doc is spot on very very good mid card upper mid card talent uh not going to be your world champion but as a tag team with his brother he could be a tag champ he is very very talented and i, I don't i don't snicker and laugh when i think of him battling sting for the tv title i just don't now you know, I'm. I don't know how many people in '89 understood how uh, good of a talent he was. Uh, if you were a new viewer, if you never got world class, I, I I can't answer that. But for me and Doc, and even Harper, we remember him from the world class days, and um, he was a hell of a talent. And uh, you're right, Doc. When he cracks that damn whip, y- your ass wakes up like whole. <laughs> I mean, it, it'll make you look. It, it, it you know, y- y- your teeth might clack a little bit. But anyway, uh, Wild Bill. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Harper, any other thoughts? What did you have on this? The promo wasn't I, all that great, but yeah, you know. I just keep thinking how they don't want to look like a an old Southern hick. Uh, but you got Dick show. Murdoch, Terry Funk, right. Wild Bill Irwin, and fucking, Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Yosemite Sam just fucking came out. I mean, what the fuck? Come on, Harper. No, I, I'm just saying they got it's the typical cowboy guy with the whip and. And they don't want to look like a. Uh, We've got a sculptor over here creating a statue of Robert E. Lee in the corner. <laughs> Y'all are idiots. The word, just, yeah, saying, the word it, national it just, promotion. I mean, everyone working here has got a southern drawl. Maybe that's why they drew 800 people in Detroit. No, yeah, that's not. So. That's no, not that's it. not why. Yeah, because yeah, gross mis- incompetence in management had nothing to do with it, right? Yeah, no. I'm all right with this, man. It's Wild Bill. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm okay so- with it. I got a soft spot for Wild Oh, there you go. Fuck him up. There you go. He's peeing with that whip, dude. That <laughs> don't feel good. Um, I, You know, I pro- it's been so long. And I never posted the interview I did with him in whole on our show. I think I broke it up into two or three parts. Maybe I should post that as a bonus show. Not that he's in the territory, and you know, have 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 the newer listeners listen to it because uh, we really had a good time, man. Uh, he he was very generous and told lots of old world class stories and and various other things. He talked he about was generous. Did he give you money? Uh, he talked about um, the the goon. Like he 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 told the story of how he became the goon and. There's an ESPN writer, a hockey writer. I got to find the article. The the dude from ESPN referenced BTT in yes, on this ESPN remember article. That. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, the dude from ESPN referenced uh because they were writing about the goon in in this hockey article. So he referenced the B, he literally said in a booking the territory interview with uh uh, on Booking the Territory, while Bill Irwin, a.k.a. The Goon, talks about his origins, and, and they tell a story, and they even posted a link to it. So he's, um, you know, Wild Bill, that's man. Cause, uh, that's because we're fucking over. That's, that's right. right. We're fucking over like Rover, bro. Well, speaking of things that ain't freaking over here, uh, we're going to move Jesus. along in our Wild Bill discussion, and we're going to go to now, you know, Hopper, I've been telling you for the longest that you were going to see a Jack Victory uh, not in that stupid gimmick that he had with the flight outfit or, or overalls. What, not overalls, but you know what I'm talking about, the single. Yeah, with the coveralls. Coveralls. He's going to be the, uh, a member of the New Zealand militia with Rip Morgan. So here it is, the New Zealand God. militia, Rip Morgan and Why? Jack Victory versus the dynamic dudes. And, Christ. And I just want to say something here. So three-fourths of these guys have been – have been tied to New Zealand. Uh, 
That's true, yeah. right. That's <laughs> true. Johnny here's, Ace. A con- here's a country of 73 people that's 18,000 miles away, yet they're ruling our lives. <laughs> I just don't understand. It's the sheep herders had the accent. They were from there, yada, yada, yada. Okay, that explains it. So why is he fucking New Zealand? Are you saying well, they Kamala, should have put a different well, gimmick? Kamala wasn't Kamala wasn't from Uganda, bro. That's true. Yeah, too. but but they they he there was a story that he was J- Jack Victory goes from Jack Victory, Secret Service guy. Okay, now he's from fucking New Zealand. I get it. I'm just trying to play <laughs> devil's advocate, but this I'm on your side. Fuck. Oh, there it is. I wanted to stop. Okay, here we go. Uh, this will settle Harper down. Uh, Harper, what? Uh, what do you think of this young lady on TV? First off, oh let, my God, let's I had, um, I had this note, so you're right there too. Don't she, need nothing but a good time. Oh yeah. Okay, I have to ask. How we always do can this. I resist, Doc? Um, can we all agree she's of age, eighteen or older? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think she might be forty three. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just, just, just being clear here. We're not making fun of an underage person. So, um, Doc, can you describe? I mean, this is your people. These are your kind. Um, can you describe uh, the hairdo to the to the people who are, are listening and don't see the visual of this uh, young lady or bleach, lady? bleach blonde, tons of hairspray, just came from the Trickster and Firehouse concert. <laughs> <laughs> Even I know what that is. <laughs> um, she's cannot wait for wrestling. She cannot wait to <laughs> get one of the wrestlers uh, some plans made so that she can get outside and smoke. Um, it's eighty nine. Harper, what's she going to be? What what car is she going to be rolling oh, in? Eighty nine. Let's see. Mm. <laughs> 89. Uh, is, she, is she driving a Fiero? Or is that too I was much? thinking of something like a Pontiac Fiero. Or, or so, it's got to be something like that. One of those. Two seater? Or like a two. Yeah. Or like a, or like a two door like Cavalier or something. But if she's driving a Fiero, she's about three payments behind. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but she don't give a fuck. Right, because she's going to meet the man of her dreams down at the wrestling or at the rock concert, and he's going to take care of that for her. Yeah. She's going to suck it out of him. Oh, oh God, that's a come chicken. on. I would love to fuck. Like, back then? I mean, fuck, you remember how it was back then? Like, this, that's a chick that would just give me a fucking insta heart on. I'll be like 13 years old. Yeah, so she looks she looks like Christina Applegate yes. on a meth binge. Mm-hmm. If we're Jeez. if we're gonna help out if we're gonna help out our non uh, video patron listeners, she looks like uh, Christina Applegate after after drugs. Oh yeah, you know she's got a pack of Marlboro Lights in her fucking purse. Can she afford my Marlboro Lights? Or is she smoking basics? I mean, back then, yeah. Because I mean, I mean, fuck, how much was a pack of cigarettes back then? I knew Probably people. A- I knew people that struggled with it. No, I mean eighty nine. No, no, that Harper's right. I mean, I can remember the grocery so store. So there weren't, I worked at. There, weren't dis- there weren't discount cigarettes back in the day. 
No, no, I'm not saying that, but I mean, look at this woman. She doesn't look like the discount cigarette type. I mean, she looks like she's buying the real McCoy. She's got the Marlboro Lights, and that's it. I mean, okay. she, uh, no, nah, she might have a pack of GPCs on her. There um, you go. Okay. Yeah. So, just for the record, she's got enough hairspray in her hair. There's a hole. There's an oh. There is a right above her apartment. There's a hole in his <laughs> Dude, I mean, I'd be afraid for her if she actually lit up a cigarette that that hair oh, would yeah, light up too. Fire hazard, bro. Dude, she's she. I mean, that's just that's impressive that hairdo, and I guess I'll leave it at that. As um, we're working towards the end of this week's episode. Um, all right. Who's the guy that she's with next to her? Some uh, douchebag. Let's look at that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> You listen to this show. I'm going to pause it whenever it gets to it. Hold on. Uh, yeah, it's like 4140 uh, you know, something. There we go. Oh, oh you barely God. see you him. barely see him. Hold on. I'll have to pause yeah. it right at the end of it. I missed that. He looks That's... like the dude from Tiger King a little bit. No, he's too fat. He looks no, like he's he too fat. Be... Yeah, he's in suicidal tendencies. He's got a... <laughs> Ah, Mike Muir. That was his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got the, he's got, he's got and a goatee, a, a hat. People, there's not a lot of people that's going to get that reference. Yeah, no. <laughs> All I wanted was a Pepsi, and she wouldn't get it. <laughs> Doc, that guy's got to have money to pull her in 1989. Yeah, or he's probably got a, like a Camaro. And maybe he's, a little... he's Trickster's, maybe he manages Trickster. He's a he's chunky a, little dude, bro. Yeah. He's wearing right. a straight little hat like you would wear now. I know. He doesn't look like 1989. Right. That's what I'm saying. He, he looks like a, he looks like 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag, but it looks at least it looks like current. Yeah. All right. Let's Something's go back. Up here. They've doctored this. <laughs> Time travelers. That's a, let's start a conspiracy theory. Maybe he's a time traveler. I don't know. Okay. Keeping it moving. Uh, so the New Zealand militia versus dynamic dudes, they go for a few minutes. The dudes win it, but the New Zealand militia beat down the dudes after. Uh, the dudes, because of this match, they advance to the semifinals of the NWA World Tag Title Tournament. Um, look, I'm not a big fan of the New Zealand uh, militia, but I, I will say this. Uh, they, they are... The wrong team won, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm not a fan of the dudes, but I don't know. Doc, any other thoughts? They've been better off to tag Rip Morgan with Shane Douglas. <sighs> just the dudes are just. It's God awful. Help me. Yeah. It's terrible. And here's my other thing, and this is my big question. We'll continue this discussion ad nauseum uh, for the clash. But I need somebody. Riddle me this, motherfuckers. Why do we need a new Freebird? Are Gordy, we trying to replace what? Cause, I was gonna say because um, I guess Gordy's gonna be you know, I, I don't well I won't answer that question. Yeah, just Hayes why, Gordy is perfectly fine with me. Yeah. Well, that's not good for long term sustainability. I guess is what I'll say. I'll leave it at that. Neither one of these sons of bitches likes to hang out in the territory. <laughs> they all got spoiled by that early eighties money in Dallas, and when it doesn't happen. Hmm. Yeah, but wrong T one. I got you. I, so I think we... Rip Morgan. I think Rip Morgan is is criminally underrated. 
Yes. Yeah, that's true, man. Kermit He's got a good look. All right, we'll keep moving uh, as we're getting towards the end of this uh, episode. Uh, we got the Samoan SWAT team versus Bucky Siegler and Randy Rose. Yes, Randy Rose is still here making a salary, mm. um, as you can imagine, not in a uh, prominent role. I mean, God, the th- he's fallen a lot considering where he was when he came in in November. But anyway, yeah, really. the, SS, the SST wins. They hit their opponents on the head with pineapples after. I didn't have any other thoughts. Doc, did you? No. Nice super kick right there. Harper, you? No. Yeah, that was a nice super kick. He walked right into it. Dude, he walked right into that. I mean, you got to give Bucky Secret credit there, man. He took a look at that, man. He took a hell of a super kick. You'll see it again if you're on the video version. Again, you want the video versions, that's tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. All right, keeping it moving. Uh, Cornette cuts a quick promo. He's basically, it's a 60-second promo. Uh, all he's doing is trying to make people tune in for The Clash or go to The Clash. A lot. Well, not really go to The Clash a lot, but tune in for it Wednesday night, June 14th. And that's basically all it was. Doc, would you agree? Yeah, but it's good to have him back. Yep. Harper, any other thoughts? Oh, I'm just glad, you know, it's glad someone's back here. Some yeah. kind of normalcy. We go then to uh, let me go to this. I won't play it. Uh, I'll just oh, skip to where it's at on the. I want to get the visual for our for our for our patrons out there. We go to Teddy Long, who uh, he's going to cut a the last promo of the show. We got one more thing after it, but uh, Teddy Long, Teddy Long says he's going to unveil Norman the Lunatic at the Clash, Why? and then he's got another surprise that he can't unveil right now. So stay tuned and. You know, sign up for our Patreon, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT to see uh, what happens with Norman at the Clash or hear what happens at Norman at the Clash when we review it. So <laughs> I've, watched, I've on... watched the Clash, and I will tell you, I have about a page more notes. I used to do an 8 by 11 page, 85 by 11 page of notes front and back for a Smoky Mountain show. I got more than that for this, this Clash. I'm ready, man. Any I'm thoughts ready. on on scraps though here, Teddy Long? <laughs> That's nice, <laughs> right? I wish people could. I wish we could do a side by side because if we had a if we did a hair match with Teddy Long, he would look like scraps. I mean, it's it's. I need a DNA test, and I'm ready for the clash. But I'm telling you, Norman is a bust, dude. That is scraps if I've ever seen him. And Teddy looks good to this day, so he even looks more like like Scraps really looks like him even to this day. Yeah. What kind of what, what kind of car you think Teddy Long drives? Oh Jesus. Um, a Lincoln. Uh, what, what were those? Those Lincoln Mark Fours. Oh. All oh, all oh. I know is that whatever make a car and model it is, he's got a pair of vice grips. On the on the thing that rolls up and down the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you racist son of a bitch! You really are. <laughs> God, you are terrible. <laughs> What's wrong with that, Doc? Nothing. I mean, I've seen it. How racist can I be if I've if I've been in a car that has one? Yeah. Um, I've been in a car like that since I was like in high school. Right. <laughs> 1989, pal. Look, brother, hey, you hey. work with what you can do when you hey. you got now, no hold money. Hold on. Look at this right here. Look at why Scott Steiner come out. 
Kalen he looks at his brain. He's like, hey, hey, you gonna fuck this friend? <laughs> you gonna fuck this friend? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, bro, when are you gonna fuck her? Come on, you gonna hit this or not? She loves you. Come on. Slip her the dick. Is she wearing the same clothes? Don't hit her. Don't hit her. That's bad. She got got pants on this week. I think she had shorts on last week. Scott's like, look, I'm tired of of dealing with this. Like, knock this out. I tell you what. I want y'all to realize they've been showing her now on TV for probably about five or six weeks, all right? Yeah. So, and the reason I point that out is it's still going to be a while before we find out who this is. So, like, it's a, you know, we we talk about, you know, back in the day, long-term. This is long-term planning, hey, look, basically. Hey, look, Scott, I'll, I'll fuck her when I'm ready, all right? No, 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 you fuck her now. Stop. <laughs> all right, so uh, what Doc is referencing, the Steiner brothers come out, and they defeat Snake Brown and the Raider. I mean, they dominate this thing right after, you know, it's, 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 the Steiners dominate. But right after that uh, win by the Steiners, the Varsity Club come out, and they're brawling with the Steiners as we go off air. So stay tuned. You know, we got to see what happens. But more than anything, stay tuned for the clash that's coming out or not coming out. But that is going to be on June 14th, 1989. It'll it'll air. I'll drop it hopefully uh, a day or two after this show drops. Uh, again, it's on our Patreon feed, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Great way to support this show. Get tons of extra content. 200 plus episodes are available on our Patreon feed. And also before Doc gives out his Rolex and we do our grades, Remember, the holidays are coming, so please use the Amazon link, tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Great way to support the show without spending anything extra. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. If you are already shopping on Amazon, please use that link. Give that link to the wives, girlfriends, and whoever you have in your life as well to use it. All right, Doc, so um, this was a, I, it was a long episode um, for us. Um, I really had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I spoiled my... I guess Rolex earlier. I said it was going to uh, Missy and Muda, so I'm going to stick with that. But that does not. I won't. I don't want that to diminish what Terry Funk and Lex Luger did either. So uh, we had a lot of candidates, but I gotta go with Missy and Luger because you're just never going to see that. You don't see that often where um, a, a man is going to miss a, a woman like that. So anyway, Doc, your thoughts? Who's your Who's your Rolex going to? Everything you just said is actually correct. And I'm going to give it to Missy because she's, she, like I said, she's the first person to sell the mist that well. And the visual of a woman getting misted by him that way. And that, he pushed Caudill out of the way. It was violent. But I'm giving it to her because I thought she sold it better than anybody else has. We love you, Missy. I yeah, ain't joking. We, we love you. Yeah. In show, fact, Missy. I was telling Missy, you got to know this. I was telling I was telling the family at, at dinner tonight before we recorded. I said we got a hot one tonight. Wife goes, well, she made the mistake because she didn't really care. She's like, why? And then I told the story about Missy Hyatt being the hot, so hot that even even Mike Mills liked her, and and she was going to get misted in the face. And my wife looked at me like, when are you going to be quiet? <laughs> All right, Hopper, who are you giving your Rolex to? Oh, it's got to be messy. You just don't see that every day, right? Nope. But you also don't hear things that Terry Funk said every day either, but whatever. Yeah. It Again, had to be the, wrestling, good... the wrestling's good. We just need to get it in front of a live audience. They can see it. With more than 800 people than that, <laughs> right. that Silverdome. <laughs> Jesus, Lord. 
That shit okay. reminds me back in the day, rock bands would be like, we're touring all over the place, and every time we go into a record store, our records aren't there. It's like, hmm. There were some things we hey, could hey, play. Hey, Harper, I got to tell you something. Why? Mike's been, Mike has turned over a new leaf in rock and roll, into rock and roll. Oh, yeah? What's that? He He's decided at 49 years old that Led Zeppelin's good. Yeah. Yeah. Only the what best, a, one of the best rock bands ever. And he's finally decided that they're good. What a dick. I've talked about <laughs> Zeppelin many times. You just don't listen, but okay. Cashmere is his, Cashmere is his jam. Well, that's a, that's what a else? Uh, I like Stairway to Heaven, Cashmere, Black Dog. I mean, good stuff, pal. Look at you. You're growing, some them, man. Some of them I don't know the fun. names. I just know the. I just know it when I hear it. They're they're good for that. Led Zeppelin is one of those bands that you don't always know the name of the song, but it, you know the jam. That's but right. I'm proud of you. Proud of you for for branching out. We're tr- we're trying to teach all of the army. It's okay to step out of your comfort zone and try something culturally that you're not usually used to. It's okay. But that's how we learn about each other. All right, well, Doc. So you don't get in trouble because this 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 show is gonna probably be one of our longest ever. Uh, let's let's do the rating for this thing. I told you today. I had a feeling that we were gonna be we were gonna be great tonight. I wonder if Harper, when he sees that thing that says guts and glory, if he's thinking about women. <laughs> anyway, guts are glory. No Doc, glory you... till I bust out those guts. I'm gonna give this. Man, fifty-four minutes is a, is the nice price, man. That is the good time. <laughs> Automatic know, curve of a B plus before you even start. <laughs> it is, but we also had. I mean, any show where you got three viable contenders for for I mean, and legitimate anybody could win it. That tells you right there, it's hot. Give me an A. Hubbard, what you giving it? I give it a B. Wow, what? What's wrong with uh, you? Yeah, well, a B plus. Why you hate wrestling, dog? I don't. Y'all both are crazy. This is getting an A plus, man. Missy got misted. Funk caught that ridiculous promo talking about, you know, your pig nose half breed. Good lord, that'll get you booted off TV nowadays, even if it's just a wrestling show and it's an angle. Um, then Luger cut a great promo. Was there some stupid stuff in here with the dynamic dudes? Yeah, sure, and but. Man, give me an you know A+. Plus. You've talked me into it, and for the first time in the history of this show, I'm going to amend my rating. Wow. This is a first. I'm going to give it an A+, plus too. I'll give it an A now. Uh-oh, Harper's I, peer pressure. Harper, I why feel don't bad. You, why don't you take a hit off this pipe? We did, <laughs> we did, we did this joint in formaldehyde. Take a hit. That's nice. That's nice. All right. <laughs> that's when you get that's when you get deep throat Carper. That was fucked up, bro. <laughs> uh all right, Doc. Any other anything else you want to cover before we uh before I take care of some nah, business and throw it to Lance? No, nah, man. It is we are now on the on the on the descent. We're ready for the clash. We're going to a jacked and packed Fort Bragg. The army men are gonna be Legit ready to start a war. And you and I are going to cover it at 6.15 Friday morning. Good God, what are we thinking? Uh, That was you that said it. But anyway, all right. So um, here's the thing. We are going to um, 
Uh, first off, I want to take care of some business. Shout out, shout out to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast with Joe Marotta and Michael Quinn. The northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us. Please support them. And also check out the Bottom Line cast with Mike Pru and JV. They do our ECW show on the Patreon feed. They also do the Bottom Line cast on the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So check them out. Hey, uh, so here's what's going on right now, man. Uh, Lance Peterson and I, uh, Mr. SMU on, on Twitter, SMU Heavyweight, Harper's buddy that Harper likes yeah. to make fun of when when he's not here but when Lance is here he's Lance's best friend but anyway that's neither here nor there as you all know by now if you listen to this show all the time Lance and I do a world class show and right now we are into late 1985 of world clash and we have been building up to the hair versus hair viewed at the 1985 Cotton Bowl between Kevin and Kerry Von Erich and Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams hell of a feud with a hell of a payoff at the Cotton Bowl in this hair versus hair match so Lance and I actually recorded this last week. It is on our Patreon feed now, the entire show. But I clipped about 35 minutes of that Patreon show, and it is going to be a free preview uh, for you to see what it's like on the World Class show and some of the stuff that Lance and I talk about when we review World Class. So that's what we're going to go to now. Uh, we're not going to come back. That's what you'll hear for the last 35 minutes of this show. But again, thanks, everybody, for listening. And let me throw it to Hopper if he's got nothing else to hit the tagline and take us to myself and Lance covering some world-class championship wrestling and the hair match from the Cotton Bowl in 1985. Book it, bitch. All right, Lance. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Um, those of you out there listening to this free show in this segment right now, Lance and I have been covering world-class since the beginning of 1983 and we are nearly three years into it at this point because we're coming to the end of 1985 so what we wanted to do was give a free preview of the world class show now uh, that's what you're listening to here we are about to review a long build-up uh, to a match or not review a long build-up but we're about to review a big match that was the culmination of a long feud between gino hernandez and chris adams against Kevin and Kerry Von Erich from the Cotton Bowl in 1985. Now, Lance, I guess I should ask you to correct me if I'm wrong here. I said culmination, but I mean, I guess it's not. They're still going to wrestle here and there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what they're I'm saying. Running into the ground. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saying culmination, and then I'm like, wait, they're going to keep wrestling. So anyway, as I say culmination, what I mean by that is it's hair versus hair and Lance and I just thought this was a fantastic match with a fantastic atmosphere with 26,000 in the freaking Cotton Bowl. Just a, a hell of a a hell of a match for for what it was. And like I said, they had had a long feud, very very long feud. If you if you're not a you're not a patron and you're if you're not a patron and you're listening to this, become a patron and you will be able to go through how many months, Lance? Did we cover this feud on on the show? I mean, literally, we've been going since May, but I mean, they wrestled before then, but it really was the Gino and Chris show ever since May of 85, and here we are, October, and it, it, it's been great. They've done, uh, you know, videos, interviews from the car lot when they were trying to win the car. They've done it from the gym. They got this bad to the bone video. We don't see any of the, the music, the bad to the bone music. We don't get that, unfortunately, but you know, they, they, they're a hit and they have plenty of fans. Don't, don't think they don't, uh, coming into this cotton bowl match. All four have plenty of fans. Yeah, it, it was a tremendous, like I said, it's been going on forever. What feels like forever, this feud and this, 
hair versus hair match was just just good all the way around. The atmosphere was great. So let me go first. Lance, I will play the introductions uh, of this match with Mark Lawrence at the Cotton Bowl. If you're, if you're a Patreon member, you're watching the video version of this, you can see the crowd is just electric. And I should mention, if you're not a patron, you can become one at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. That's tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Uh, it is a great way to support what we do here. Lance and I have been covering world class again since uh, January of eighty. Three and Doc and Harper and I did some 82 stuff right when the Freebird Von Erichs feud was exploding in that Christmas match on December 25th of 1982 when, well, uh, the, the, the door, the cage door was slammed on Kerry Von Erich's head, which ignited that feud. So we, we've done tons of shows. Not only that, but I mean, there's, I keep saying 200 plus, there's probably 300 plus now uh, Patreon shows to enjoy. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. With all that said, Lance, I know you wanted to hear the opening of this match. So here's Mark Lawrence announcing the competitors and what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, world-class championship wrestling here at the Cotton Bowl presents this next sensational bout. There is talent, ego, and emotion on the line as this coveted bout that the world has been waiting for takes place between the world's best two tag teams. There is no time limit. Anything goes. There must be a winner. And the losing team, both members of the team, will have their heads shaved following the bout. I present first the tandem known as the Dynamic Duel. First from Highland Park, the suburb here in Dallas, 240 pounds, the handsome half-breed Gino Hernandez. The other half of the world-famous dynamic duel is an Englishman, 235 pounds, the gentleman, Chris Adam. Their opponents across the ring really need no introduction, but for the purposes of television, Denton County, 235 pounds, Kevin Von Erich. His brother from Denton County at 261, the modern-day warrior and former world heavyweight champion, Kerry Von Erich. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the ring is surrounded by some 20 lumberjacks. They will make sure that the losers do not escape when the bout is over. We will not introduce the lumberjacks for reasons of time. However, we would like to welcome to the ring the nephew of Fritz Von Erich, Mr. Lance Von Erich. Your referee for this bout, ladies and gentlemen, a man who accepted this responsibility at the last minute, Mr. David Manning. Of course. <laughs> All right, so Lance, real quick, you can feel the buzz in the air and the excitement from the crowd. There is an air of true excitement when Mark Lawrence announces Kevin and Carrie. You hear the screams from the girls. It's incredible, especially the ones for Carrie. Now, you, I neglected to say when I kicked off this segment, you were there. You were sitting in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, first-hand experience. What was it like? Man, I tell you, we've been waiting so long. And, you know, Mike, I wanted you to watch this match without thinking about the rest of the card because the people that haven't been uh, listening to our shows... The rest of this card was nothing. This is a one-match show, basically. I mean, there were plenty of matches. Nothing compared. The second uh, 
biggest match on the show was Iceman versus One Man Gang in a tape fizz match that went on for a while. Kerry was in one corner with Ice while uh, Gary Hart was with One Man Gang, and it was you know entertaining for 1985. But the buildup, there was nothing but this hair match for two and a half months. I mean, Gino and Chris won the rights to this match to pick the stipulation back on July 4th. And a couple of weeks later, they said what the match was, and that began the build. Even though it was another month or two before Kevin and Kerry accepted it. But, you know, you knew it was coming all this time. So we are waiting for that. And I'm going to talk about it throughout this, what this match meant. I mean... This is a party. This is the State Fair of Texas is going on. Everyone got into the State Fair free with their wrestling ticket. The Kerry just took off his jacket on the uh, video screen, and the crowd just went nuts at that point, as they do. I think this gives you the best uh, – it submerges you into the world-class experience better than anything except maybe Kerry's title win, which is also one of the best visuals of world-class. I think that you know it's it's – the cage match, which everybody's seen, you know, a million times the end of that match, or it wasn't actually the end of the match, but the cage door. Then there's Kerry winning a title, and then there's this match. And this atmosphere just with, you know, you can see all the audience, all the fans, their signs, they're going nuts. It just gives you the whole experience of why there's so many of us that are so passionate about world class at this time. Um, I'm going to go back a little bit. You keep it rolling, but it's unfortunate we don't get the entrances because, of course, bad to the bone and stranglehold. You know, it really pumps up the crowd. Um, Gino and Chris were in the matching robes. First time we had seen that. They both let their hair grow out a long, really long. Now I'm going to talk about the lumberjacks during this, but they're of course not really lumberjacks. They're just there to, you know, keep whoever loses from running out of the ring. Um, it's anything goes. You know, no time limit. Um, I think it was – everybody is so up on this because the hair match at this point in time, you know, we knew someone would actually be bald at the end. You know, there's no crew cuts going on. We've seen in Texas over the last five years, you know, Hart's been shaved twice, Bundy, uh, King Kong Bundy, Buddy Roberts in the hair cream. Uh, even David Manning was in a hair match in 81, Killer Brooks in 81. So, you know, we're guaranteed satisfaction. Definitely. Um, as I said, Manning is the referee, and he gets to be the referee, and Gino and Chris are so pissed because when they announced the match, they said they would have their referee, Alfred Neely, who had screwed Kerry over back in 82 in a two-out-of-three falls match with Ric Flair at Reunion Arena. And so this controversial referee was supposed to be there, and that's never mentioned this entire time until finally they announced that uh, David Manning is taking over <laughs> this is at the last second. Um, you know, Mike, what do you think about the other, uh, you know, I, I wanted you to not think about the other matches on the card. What do you think if we just, the spectacle of just this match at this point? I mean, if you would have shown, like if you, it's impossible for us to have this perspective, but for somebody who'd never seen world class or didn't know anything about 1985 world class and they were, you just were to play this match for them if it were possible for that this be the only thing someone would see not knowing anything else about it, any of the other matches maybe you can show them Iceman and, and Gang too and then you see the crowd along with this match in this you know packed cotton bowl as packed as can be I mean basically you can't you don't want to put people away on the other end of the end zone you just can't see but it's packed I mean this this place is packed I mean you could see it if you're watching along with us it, it's um 
it's a spectacle. I mean, there's, you know, I know, I know everybody talks about everybody, you know, will talk about Kerry and Ric Flair at Texas stadium for, for obvious reasons. You know, I don't want to downplay that at all, but I mean, this right here, it's, it's just phenomenal. It's tremendous that you've, you've got these two teams, this big feud. And if you could just watch this match and not even think about anything else that was on the card, uh, you, you probably had to think to yourself, God damn, this promotion was rocking and rolling in 1985. They got <laughs> nearly 30,000 people in the Cotton Bowl, the way this match is going. I mean, you, you'd really, you'd be hard-pressed to try to figure out that there's not much else going on in the promotion outside of Gang and Iceman and Gary Hart's, you know, deal. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Is that fair to say, Lance? Yeah, man, I think you're on top of it. You know, hot crowd. Let's talk about it. ringside. They were standing all around right before the match. You know, they're seated right now, but they're coming alive every two seconds when something hit, happens. We've got all these wrestlers around ringside, which is always always a spectacle to have you know lumberjacks around now these guys are all kind of bent over they're in the corner they're not making any of the match themselves they're 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 you know one man gang sitting on the steps the entire match but and the other guys are kind of leaned over so they're not making it about themselves they're all about the end of the match um so again, ringside they were standing. Wrestlers ringside. Oh, some new Von Eric is ringside. Lance Von Eric. Mike has been paraded out, and he was paraded out. We just didn't see it on the show, but uh, he's been paraded out. And then we got to see the interview on this these episodes earlier. Um, you know, it's finally time to do this. You know, uh, that's it. Just makes total sense. Um, Hart is out there with Lewin and Gang. Of course, by the time this airs, a Gang and Lou. Uh, Gang and Gary Hart have had a split, but uh, you know he's out there. All the bad guys are out there. Um, I'm going to catch up to this part. Kerry and Chris started really fast. You know, uh, Kerry got a two count right after it started, and the crowd just went nuts for a minute. And it's on. It's a ride, man. They are taking the fans on a ride. Uh, we're in there with Kevin working over Chris. Uh, Chris is again. Uh, they really let their hair grow. If you look at uh, Chris Adams versus 1983 is there is is super long. Um, again, Adams you know tags in Gino, but Kevin immediately rolls up Gino for a two count. In these two counts, the crowd is just going bonkers and stuff. Um, the wrestlers around ringside, or again, they're just blend in. They don't take away from it all at all. More, it's it's amazing the uh, the production on this. I just keep going back to that. Uh, Kevin does a leapfrog in there and gets goes with the claw uh, on Gino. The crowd just insane every time Kevin and Kerry do something. If you go to uh, the 25-15 mark, oh, well, we're going to kind of watch it kind of live, so I'm going to keep talking. Um, Kerry, uh, uh, t- uh, I'm sorry, Kev- Kevin takes in Kerry, and the crowd's just insane, and Kerry just goes off. He gets a, he does his discus, he goes off on it, and the crowd is just nuts. I mean, they, they, the fans could not be more in the palm of these guys' hands. I mean, they are just taking them on it, and you know, I'm going to say it's great work by all of them. Some people say, ah, oh, they're not working, they're not doing this and that, they're brawling this, but this sold tickets. You know, this is what 1985 was, and it was all about this stiff. Um, and again, I sometimes on these shows, I make fun of David Manning. We talk about him getting his stuff in and things like that. He gets on the mic and everything. But, you know, Manning stays out of the picture. We'll see him kind of going around um, the match. But, you know, he is he fits right in with it. He, he really does. 
Um, there's a big super kick in there on carry for a two count. It scares the fans. Um, there's a nice move in there where Adams goes for the suplex on carry and carry drops behind for a sleeper on Adams. And the, again, the crowd. I mean, that's what I want you to see. If it, you almost got to watch this twice, you listen for the things I say because the crowd is just going nuts. Um, there on the screen, Mike has it. Carry uh, Adams missed a, a a super kick. You never saw the guys avoid a super kick and carry with the discus and goes for a pin. They had a commercial break in there, but they really it didn't bother. They they picked it up right where they left off. Um, carry. Uh, Again, it's just going on. It, it, Mike, show me a timestamp where you're at on there, real quick. Uh, Twenty-seven. Perfect. 50. Okay, so Kerry gets uh, is fixing to get tossed out of the ring, and uh, Gino get, is going to hit Kerry with this chair. And this solid foot chair <laughs> bounces off the back of Kerry and stuff. But it is anything goes. So that kind of threw it in. But you know, we're not used to seeing chairs with stiff legs like that. It was like a a, a table at your kitchen t- a kitchen table chair. <laughs> stuff so that uh carrie does uh is selling the uh selling the chair out there and they are going to go for a count in a second get the crowd a little worried and stuff but uh you know it's it's just i uh the the fans are just going nuts here every little thing i mean they're so ready for this everybody's Uh, worked into a lather i mean this thing's been going on like we talked about it's been going on for months now I mean, on our Patreon shows, I mean, we've done every damn combination of these four that you could possibly do with sometimes even like, I guess, Iceman sprinkled into it or other folks sprinkled in. I mean, we've seen this thing's been sliced and diced a million ways. We've seen the stuff from Fort Worth that they did. I, I don't know how else you can put it. Like, this has been going on on TV weekly, and there is a lot of bad blood. I mean, we've seen the... The Von Erichs or or the the dynamic duo they they've had the the scissors that they brought out they've cut a few locks of hairs from the from these two um, from from Kevin and Carrie so I mean like and then Kevin and Carrie have gotten the scissors and they've cut a lock or hair or two so there's just been a lot of teasing and whatnot with the hair cutting so the fans are ready they they want to see Gino and Chris get their heads shaved and these people are working to a lather man I if if Carrie and Kevin. <laughs> yes. If Kerry and Kevin would have lost this match, the fans may have rioted. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but they're, they're worked up, man. This is this is some intense stuff. So Kerry got back up on the ringside. He went he, out of nowhere. He hits this sunset flip on Adams. He Adams punches his way out. Kerry immediately rolls him up again. So I mean, they, it's just uh, wild how they giving the fans so much. They show at the twenty nine fifteen mark that was Chris Von Erich sitting ringside. Yeah, um, I saw that. It's <laughs> it's pretty wild. Um, you know, Kevin is tagged in. He is running wild. He gets this drop kick on Adams. He goes over and gets a punch in on Gino. It's going. It's just going at a fever pitch. He's going to get this body slam on Adams. And he's going to go run for his splash. It wasn't a splash. He was going for a running knee, which Adams moves. And and so it's just uh, insane. Um, the match couldn't be more satisfying. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more at the end, how much they gave the fans. And we've seen plenty of shows where they're in our memory. They seem like they were good times, but they really weren't that much meat and potatoes. And here we're getting the meat and potatoes. Absolutely. Oh, they're rocking and rolling. I mean, it's, it's, it's fast paced, but yet they're not moving a million miles a second. 
These 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 four. I mean, look at that. Carrie puts the claw on Chris, and the fans explode. They come up. They're like, "Oh yeah!" It's just, it's just good stuff, man. They're actually. Now the reason, let me jump in real quick. The, go back a uh, thirty seconds, Mike, so I can throw this in. I just want to say the fans have reason to worry. They've seen Gino and Chris win the big matches over in Fort Worth when there were stipulations on the line. They were gonna the Von Erichs were gonna get to tear up uh, Gino's Corvette. Well, it didn't happen. They, they won with the powder. We've seen in these big matches that they can they can win. So that gives you a little bit. You're able to you know suspend <laughs> this belief. And yeah. Stuff. So there's there's real feeling that Gino and Chris could win. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds silly now, but it does. Um, I was gonna 30, play. I was gonna play the audio from the finish at starting at thirty forty eight right here. Right where you're at, there is gonna be a super kick to the back of Kerry's head that just looks fantastic. There was one earlier on the show. Um, again, Chris Adams is never made to look weak in this promotion. Right when he was started with Gary Hart, it'd be Gary Hart holding him back. They never make. Chris look weak. Gino can look like a wimp or run away. Chris looks t- is always portrayed as a tough guy. Rightfully so. I agree. Let me go now to the audio of the, of the finish. Here it is. Type the speed, the thrills of this bout. Perry hammers and hammers and Chris battles back and battles back. Over the top, sliding beautifully as Kerry goes into the iron claw. But Gino breaks it. Kevin packing Gino. Kevin gets another shot in. Everybody's after it again. Kevin flying right here on top of it. Super kick on Kerry by Super kick on Kerry. Now we got the powder up. Powder in the face of Caravan Eric. Anything goes. Here's Chris. Kevin on top. Chris is still. Now Lance Von Eric has come down and thrown water in Kerry's face to clear that powder. And it's wiping his eyes. Lance Von Eric on the corner wiping Kerry's eyes out. And that's the more power on that cannon. That cannon, Chris Adams here. One, two, three. Kerry Vonnerick pins Chris Adams. Kerry Vonnerick pins Chris Adams. And we have the members of the radio media to ringside, please. Gino tries to escape right here above us. But the he members of the radio media to ringside, Gino please. trying to get out of here. That's right, Eric has him right here beside me, along with Adias, Scott Casey. Chris Adams over on the other side, and he's trying to kick his way out, but they are caught. So it's going to be hair-cutting time, and the Von Erics win this. Chris Adams and Gino Hernandez will have their hair clipped. We'll be back. With a great climax to this event, the hair cutting in the ring with the barbers.
So Lance, you, you were trying to narrate some stuff during the audio. I, it's it didn't pick you up good at all because I could barely hear you. So um, okay. I just wanted to let you know everything I'll go back you said. It real quick, you know, it, it was so they got Carrie with the powder. So Carrie's blinded in the corner. Lance Bonner comes and takes off his shirt and starts uh, and is wiping the powder out of Carrie while they go to throw the powder in Kevin. Gino screws up. Okay, that's important. Gino screws up. Kevin moves and gets the powder in Chris's eyes. Carrie miraculously is healed, turns around and immediately pins Chris Adams. One, two, three. And it's it's just nuts. And the party begins. They've got this table in the ring, this platform, and they put the chair in it. So, you know, it helps for everybody to see uh, what's going on by them raising it up a little. And they did that in WWF not long, a few years ago when Brock Lesnar and Triple H or John Cena, and they'd put the ring steps in the ring and then do the, uh, the Kimura or something on top of the steps, just kind of make raising it up. And this is fantastic. I mean, all the jobbers are in. First of all, it's guys from the radio station. Our friend Doyle King, who would become an announcer later, he's one of the first guys that gets to, uh, that's him in the sunglasses and pink shirt in the back. There's two DJs. And then all the guys get to come in and start cutting the hair. Uh, we see uh, Adias get a snip, a Casey, Iceman, all the guys that they've, have been cutting the hair and then finally Carrie has the uh, shears and he starts in on Chris Adams you know the camera just they get that camera right up there it's showing the shears just taking the hair off and a lot of people will say things about you know what's the big deal about hair and you know, 2020, but in 1985 back, you know, it was a big deal. It was, it was fantastic. And as far as Chris goes, it's revenge on Chris because Chris, you know, of course, a year ago at the cotton bowl destroyed Kevin with the chair shot on Gino. It's a guy who has said, you know, he's calls himself gorgeous and it's all about the, uh, the humiliation. So I love it that Gino gets to go second and stuff but it is it's fantastic they're just uh they shaving them down there's no crew cut they're shaving them bald <laughs> it's just fantastic uh, you said something i mean it's 2020 i guess young people don't realize it maybe fans in the last 20 years i i don't know if you're if you if you were born in the late 90s uh, early 2000s you, you one you may not be listening to this but two you just can't understand the 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 hair thing. I, it was a thing in old school wrestling, and we saw it from time to time. And, and here was another perfect example of it. And I mean, you know, Gino and Chris selling it too. Like, first off, you you, you said something earlier. They they grew the hair out a little bit, which was one like big thing. Like they grew, and I they're not like walking around, you know, looking like Willie Nelson or nothing with flowing hair or anything. I mean, I'm not trying to make it sound like that, but. Or Gino right here, you know, he's got a, you could tell he's got a lot more hair, but he's fighting the whole way to get in the ring. And then he thinks he's about to make an escape, but the Lumberjacks catch him. Chris Von Erich actually uh, tackles him. Uh, Chris Von Erich <laughs> tackles him, and that'll be said for years, you know, that Chris Jesus Von Erich Lord. tackled Gino, and the it others a, got in there behind it, him. It was so a shoot a big to him. deal that Chris was, got the tackle on. That's Chris's big moment. I mean, that, that was I, a shoot to Chris right there. That was a shoot. He, he really thought he <laughs> But no, I was just saying, like it was a, the hair thing was a big deal. You're you're about to cut these guys' hair, 
and to the, like them, you got to give them credit. Chris and Gino, they thought and they knew like as their heads getting cut, they're like, oh my God, this is freaking embarrassing. Like that was the whole thing. It was the embarrassment of not only losing, but having your head shaved with the Clippers. So it's a big they, deal. They just make it so realistic that they hated it. Of course they knew what's going on, but you just see that Gino just hates it. He's, you know, they're, they're holding his head sideways and stuff. And by the way, by the way, earlier, if you go back and watch when they, the, the wrestlers were snipping the hair and the DJs, uh, Chris was jerking around, you know, his head moving around trying to escape while they had those scissors out again. And we've talked over and over how those scissors came into play during matches. And it's just crazy. These scissors that are a foot long, <laughs> um, you know, no jumbotrons in the cotton bolt this time. Now there is actually, if anybody watched the cotton bowl game last week and, and also those blue and white seats are not there anymore. It kind of looks a little more, uh, sterile but you know it was nice that they had it up in the air and you know they it's great tv work here showing the, him getting shaved now it's actually the second time gino's lost a hair match he lost one to jose lothario in san antonio like his rookie year and there's some good pictures and magazine shots and i'm sure you can see it online of gino getting his hair uh shaved but you know they all get a shot at it kevin carey and then they actually get chris up on the platform and he gets to uh use the shears on the back of uh, gino's head and so it's again, it's it's just a party, the most uh, great experience. Oh, Lance, of course, Lance is right up there in the midst of it. Um, and if you look very closely, you can see the uh, the rocket strapped to his back <laughs> big time. <laughs> <laughs> um, they even brought in Chris Von Erich to get some hair off of Gino. Ugh. It's a great it, you know, it's great. Uh, and stuff. It's it's all about family, you know, uh, and that's there's the family right there. They have uh, cr- a Ke- uh, Mike has been paraded out. There's the new cousin Lance, and there's you know there. It's just insane. Everybody out there. I mean, they don't even seem like they're rushing through this. They they look like you know they're having a good time, and you know they knew them uh, you know for years and years. So the fans totally got what they wanted. Now something that I figured out here, Mike, when I was watching this is we're cr- Gino. Uh, they leave just a little sprig of hair kind of on top. They uh. Uh, he as soon as they let him go, they uh, he immediately goes to the corner and he grabs this girl's sweater. And I was thinking to myself, well, maybe maybe I might get lucky. And I went back on that uh, dark side of the ring and I found out, and that is uh, actually Gino's manager, and it looks like his daughter. And so they were in the corner the whole time. And actually, the girl she's dressed in yellow. She really stands out compared to anybody else in the crowd. So they're going to let him go, and he's immediately going to this corner, and we've got it on the screen right now, and grabs her sweater. She was cheering the entire time for Gino and Chris, but it gets that hair. But the man next to her was uh, Gino's shoot manager, not the guy that they talk about as somebody that killed him, but his actual manager that found him at the with uh, at, when he passed away. Um, and stuff, and that guy is on Facebook. I saw he's a realtor in Houston. But it, that's him right there in the blue with a – sports jacket on and a blue shirt and that girl is definitely with him and stuff so you know where do you get this one one more thing when he's running out and he gets the sweater and he puts over his head the security has to stop some guy (laughs) from attacking him and and you see that he's punching him the security guy's punching this guy back some guy in a red tank top was was trying to, I guess, get a shot in. I mean, he never made contact with Gino because he just couldn't get that close. But I mean, they've they've literally got you know Gino surrounded by six guys trying to get him out of there safely. 
They well, want to grab that think... towel. They were trying to grab that sweater off him. They are, there was yeah. another person that they kind of choked out, uh, definitely choked out when uh, they were trying to get Gino in the ring they, uh, and moving him around. There was somebody. So it was two different things. I mean, they're, uh, you know, those fans, they had us a, They've been drinking all day at the State Fair of Texas. I mean, it's not like the Sportatorium crowd that I always say, look how good, well-behaved they are. And so we go off with Gino being led out of the arena, uh, out of the stadium with the uh, sweater on his head. Where do you get that ma- that much satisfaction in a, ha- in a show? It meant something at the time. No, it wasn't the NWA title that we'd seen Kerry win. I don't know what else can stand out anymore than a hair match. How much more satisfaction, satisfying can it be? Where do you get that in another promotion in the 80s? I'm sure there are, but this was a big one. And we've gone from the cage match to a, to a year and a half to Kerry winning the NWA title, and now another year and a half. And a lot of people will say that was the end of the heyday right here. Um, we, Mike and I still have shows to do. We're going to see kind of a revisit the 1983 at the beginning of 1986 with some returns. And so I hope a lot of people will uh, join us for these shows. Yeah, I, I, it's been a fun ride. I agree. I, hopefully you'll sign up, become a patron. You not only get the world-class shows, you get the Clash of the Champions we've done. You 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 get the pay-per-views we've done. I mean, God, like I said, there's I say 200. There's got to be getting close to 300 now. Audio onlys. I mean, there's a lot more than just audio there. There's various posts, video versions and whatnot. But audio only versions of things. I mean, we've got to be close to 300 Patreon episodes at this point. We've done a lot. Again, Lance and I are closing in on three full years of world class. And, you know, uh, don't let anybody tell you that world class died around this time. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not the heyday with the free birds and binaries, but there's still some some good stuff going in it. And that's the that's the thing to remember here. This was this. I'll tell you. This was, again, I, I think you told me this earlier in the show. This was right up there with Flair beating Kerry. I mean, <laughs> Kerry beating Flair for the NWA world title. And I get, look, I know there wasn't a world uh, NWA world title at stake. I'm talking from a pure perspective of how they built the feud up and the enormous crowd and the crowd being lathered up and ready to do this thing. It was, it was full of excitement. One other thing, Lance, uh, before we get out of here, you mentioned... Lance Von Erich being here. And for those of you who are not patrons, I'll give you this. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Lance and I were, were talking during the Patreon-only version of this episode. So Lance Von Erich did an interview earlier in this episode or in the previous episode that we're doing right here. So, But this was the first time we saw Lance Von Erich on World Class TV in 85. And the funny part is, another thing, throw something else out you if you're, as you're joining Patreon. Uh, Lance Von Erich's name was mentioned in April of 1984 on World Class Television. A lot of people don't even realize that. Lance and I were having that discussion as well. My Lance, not Lance Von Erich. Because <laughs> uh, this is SMU Lance, I'm not Lance Von Erich. But anyway, uh, this was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed this and this is how they close the November 2nd, 1985 episode, which again, we waited forever because the Cotton Bowl was on what date, Lance, in October of 85? Ah, that first week. Uh, and so this has been uh, two full weeks before we got the ah, three, three full weeks since we've had the Cotton Bowl. 
Yeah, oh, shoot, so, this November 2nd? No, no, no. It's been a month. It's right yeah, out of a month. It's and been a stuff. whole month so, before we got to and, see this. You know, and they haven't shown Gino and Chris on TV. They didn't show them on these episodes you know, that we've watched since. And that we'll start seeing them next week and what they do. <laughs> but, you know, we've seen them bald right here, which is really cool that, you know, we got to see them totally bald. It wasn't the hair cream, and we have to wait months. They're actually bald on this episode. <laughs> and, you know, it's thoroughly satisfying. And I hope people will, uh, you know, I know some people are joining up here and they're going into back to our 1983 episodes. And that's when Mike just found me off the streets. But, you know, I think that we go into 1983 that, you know, I can't stop talking about 1983 all the time if anybody follows me on my Twitter account. But, you know, I think we go in and in depth as far as anybody can go into the storyline of what's happening. Now, I don't go behind the scenes into their personal life. I know some things that were going on. You know, we keep it storyline, the TV show. And I try to throw in because, of course, in Dallas, uh, in the area, there was a secondary TV show on Saturday nights that was supplemental uh, with this. And I'm able to throw some things in because sometimes Bill Mercer can't be as specific because he's filming uh, so far in, in ahead, th- two or three weeks. And so we, I have to supplement in with the weekly show that was on what we it, it, Channel 11 in Dallas. It was the uh, championship sports episodes that did all the local promos and built up these shows more and more because these shows, of course, were being seen in places like Boston, things like that, and they weren't expecting the people to come in, so they didn't have to do you know that many local promos. And so I uh, hope everybody will check out our 1983 stuff. I think that you've got our our Kerry Von Erich versus. Uh, Rick Flair at Texas Stadium's up for free on YouTube, and so people can check out. That's uh, you know, just second. This is second to that. I would really put it up there as the cage match, the slamming the cage door, the uh, carry and Flair, and then this match right here, and everything else is you know. There's plenty of six mans that we've covered, things like that. Uh, we just have a good time. Yeah, I mean the country whipping match that was a good uh, one. I mean that that one was phenomenal. Up the anniversary of that just a few weeks and stuff. I ah one of my favorites. Yeah, so eighty five world class is definitely not eighty three, but it's there's still a lot of fun stuff. And look, if you love old school wrestling, hopefully this entices you to to join and become a patron and get access to all those old world class shows. Um, that you know we'll keep doing until the promotion dies. At this point, we basically drop the world class shows every two weeks. So what Lance and I do is we take two weeks of the television and we do the world class shows. And Lance's memory, since he lived the territory and he was at the Sportatorium a lot and and is just as familiar with this promotion as anyone, he'll give different context to different things that's going on in the promotion during that time uh, in Fort Worth because we don't get the Fort Worth shows. We get some clips from the Fort Worth shows, but it's mostly just the syndicated shows that we watch and review uh sometimes you'll see those clips on the syndicated show but lance will tell us what's going on at fort worth and some of the things that aren't being mentioned on the main show that get mentioned in the saturday as they call the saturday night show and i'll leave it at that but become a patron tinyurl.com slash patreon btt you'll get access to all of the world-class shows and you can enjoy that plus all of the other craziness that we do on that patreon feed uh again Hopefully you'll join, sign up. We definitely would appreciate it. Um, Lance, I don't really have anything else, man. I kind of wanted uh, to end this thing on a high note with this great match. And we can ride off into the sunset. I'm not even going to throw it back to Doc and Harper and I as we're closing out this week's NWA show. So any uh, any other closing thoughts before we get out of here? No, and if you enjoy this, of course, if you uh, check out my Twitter at, S- at Lance Peterson at SMU Heavyweight. It's all, you know, hardcore, world-class. I don't put anything 
too crazy up there of politics or anything like that. It's basically 99% world class, the good old days, a lot of pictures of where I was at, you know, at shows, of course, a lot of programs that the guys on the site give me hell about, but I was there and, uh, yeah, you know, I, got the, I, I got this program, Michael Hayes wiped his ass with it, uh, back in 1983. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and, um, I Terry, Gordy, Terry Gordy sneezed on it after he gave me an interview, uh, 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 an autograph and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, come check out my programs. That's what Hopper does you when you're not on his show and that then he kisses it, uh, your ass yeah. when you're on the show. Oh, well. <laughs> I know. That's so crazy because I never buy any programs. Those were just programs. I was at shows and stuff, and then people give me their uh, their collections to hang on to, and I put them up there and stuff. But there's a lot of pictures that I took at the uh, at the at the shows. I don't put that many magazine pictures up, but uh, you know, I kind of do this day in history and in just world class era and era and stuff. So, yeah, it's been fun, Mike. I totally agree, man. This has been a lot of fun. I enjoy doing the world class shows with you. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, and again, hopefully everybody, hopefully a good number of you listening to this will sign up. We definitely would appreciate it. And on that note, uh, Hopper usually hits the tagline, but since um, we're not going to throw it back to Hopper, Doc, and I as we close out this NWA show, uh, why don't you hit the tagline and send us home, Lance? Book it, bitch. <laughs>